Welcome to the Passion Over Profits podcast with Top Son Goku, bringing you your weekly dose of Dragon Ball Super Collector's content. Stay tuned for exclusive interviews with some of the most knowledgeable DBS collectors in the community. What's up, guys? My name is Sapsan Goku, and welcome back to the Passion Over Profits podcast. In today's episode, I have a guest, Joku DMD, on the show. He is a DBS content creator slash YouTuber, and uh, to be completely transparent, like I had no clue what to expect of this conversation whatsoever, but uh, I'm happy to say that we hit it off almost instantly. Uh, Joku is a you know very smart, yet outrageously eccentric individual if you don't know what i'm talking about you should definitely go watch his youtube channel uh and uh, he's very very passionate about the uh you know the dbs universe altogether uh and actually very knowledgeable about the dbs card game being both a competitive player who you know almost uh, yeah, like almost making it into in the top 16 at the recent um, regionals but uh as well as being a a uh, graded card collector, so he definitely knows his stuff, and uh, he's proving it multiple times in this uh, interview. Um, he's actually currently collaborating with uh, Jimmy Bacon from the Hermit Style Podcast, uh, trying to, you know, put a series all together on his YouTube channel, trying to uh, teach people how to play the DBS card game from start to finish. Uh, it's a, you know, in-depth comprehensive guide so if uh, if you're into the dbs card game and want to know how to play definitely go check that out um as for me i i can't wait to see what else he's got uh, going for us uh what he's gonna come up with uh in terms of content and uh you know i'm just gonna get it right here let uh, joku introduce himself and uh, he has plenty of stories to share on this podcast so i look i hope you look forward to this and uh, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate you being here. And uh, I hope um, I hope you enjoyed it in the podcast. Talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Hey, I'm Lil Joe. And I love Jambis, Crystal, Nightmare. Hey, Lil Joe, what are you doing, man? Get this Joku show. Uh, please, this is a Top Sound Goku podcast. Please, stop this. Hey, guys, can you get out of here, please? This is this is supposed to be... I'm, I was invited. None of you guys are invited. I'm really looking forward to this. So if you guys could please... Pack your stuff up and get out of here. I'm really looking forward to being on Top Son Goku's podcast. So, uh, I am, it's true. I am Joku. I admit it. <laughs> I can't deny that. Blatantly obvious that this is the hat. Uh, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> Good to have you, man. It's, uh, <laughs> man, I must say, like, uh, the first time I saw, I saw some of your videos, I was like, what the hell is this guy? What, what, what the. <laughs> What the fuck am I looking at? Like, yes. I, I legit, yes. it legit took me like a few videos to get that this was legit and um, that you weren't, you know, psychotic or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I was like, what the freaking hell am I looking at? Is this and, little DBS to, content or to, what is this? To make it even better, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Right, right, and it says, and it says, it says uh, like uh, MD or something, and I'm like, he's just joking, man. What the hell is this? I, I don't know if I need to take this seriously. Does he take himself seriously, or is this just like, 
Yeah, it it took me a while, man. But now, now honestly, I I really enjoy it, your content and uh, thanks, man. Man, you, you crack me up every time. So honestly, <laughs> uh, good on you, Thank man. You. Great content. Thanks, dude. I uh, I appreciate that. You know, mm. I um, I got started with making content for another game initially, which I talk about an ex extent in the hermit style podcast which i was on which actually is dropping today when we're recording which is oh, probably nice, going to be nice, in the nice. future i can't keep I'll the timeline with that, podcasts yeah. but um i got severely addicted to that game because i had too much free time in dental school because i got finished with my projects too fast because i did my undergraduate as an art major so i got good nice. with my hands and meanwhile everybody's trying to figure out how to use their hands because they've been looking at beakers for eight years and i was like i'm i'm done i'll go around and teach kids and the doctors were like dude you're not a teacher like get out of here so i started playing this <laughs> phone game and i got like nasty at it and i made a youtube account and like i was the first one to get this character gwenpool to like the top rank so uh my channel kind of popped off after that and then when i actually had to become a doctor i was like okay i can't be playing a video game for eight and a half hours every day no like, no that's, that that's work. not gonna yeah. work yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so i quit that game and i kind of filled the gaming void with dbs i was actually really into um dragon ball heroes right i was like super super into collecting these and actually going to japan to collect them and um i saw dragon ball super at uh comic-con and um, I tell, like I said, I tell the in-depth story over there, but a long story short, I didn't really like, I feel like you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, I made you question a bunch of stuff, you know, like you, it, in you watching my content, I feel confident that there were a variety of questions that you had to ask yourself to rationalize the reality of like, what's actually going on exactly yeah <laughs> and i and i love that i love that because like that's kind of my that's kind of like my the the thesis of what i do in that like i'm trying to get people to recognize that we don't have the answers to everything nobody has the answers to everything we don't know what things are and the more that we think that we understand something or not necessarily understand the more we think we know everything about something, the less we can learn about that thing. Yeah, and uh, and and it, it. I mean, it also goes further. Like, uh, I mean, you and I are scientists. Like, right. you, you think you think you know something about a specific subject, and uh, and and the more you study the subject, the more you see that it it touches multiple and multiple subjects, and it it's really infinite the amount. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. The, the, it the knowledge. Is. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of think about, you know, I've, I've always and, and you've probably uh, experienced this a lot yeah. in your, you know, your training of becoming a doctor, right? Like you learn from other doctors. And when you're out of school, you're learning from some of the, the best people out there, right? Like the Absolutely. most established, the most yeah. they've done the most research. Yeah. And some of them get to a point where they're like, hey, I wrote the book on this. Like, I know this. <laughs> and I know this so well, that like, I know everything about it. And at that point, they kind of stop themselves like they can't continue to get better you know and i was i was like the bane of all of their existences you know like i'd walk into clinic with like a tie-dyed shirt and like psychedelic pants and like ha who let this guy in here <laughs> you know <laughs> um but uh but yeah i mean it applies to this also and i think that in in the db well anyway talking about how i got into making content i saw this game at comic-con and i really didn't want to make content until 
I felt like I was good at the game or at least good, good at some part of it, right? Like you're a really experienced collector. So your experience mm-hmm. is valid in people mm-hmm. perceiving what you're doing and talking about your experience through that. But I really didn't want to make any content until I felt like I was good at the game because I liked the game. So I think once I like topped an event and was able to show that I was good at performing at the game, then I felt comfortable giving people advice on the game. And then it kind of started snowballing from there. I met more people and then um, a friend of mine came over and showed me this guy, Leon Hart, for Pokemon. And I was like, this guy's just opening packs of Pokemon cards? Like, what? You know? Right. right. And he, he was like... He opens packs, he screams at the, the camera, he shows yeah. some shiny cardboard, and he has a million yeah. subscribers. Yeah. I know. And I was like, dude, I already do this. Like, I just do this right. without a camera on me, you know? Like, exactly. if I just put a camera on me and just keep doing... Uh-huh. Like, I open so many cards. Um, yeah. So I just started doing it. and uh, And, like... It's been really cool, like, uh, it's been really cool getting into lots of different parts of the community. I feel like I kind of have, in in what I've created with my channel and my community, I'm kind of this weird gel between all the different parts, between teams, between collectors, between gamers, and like... I think so know, too. I, I, really, I really want my message and what I'm doing with my channel and my personality is to give people the understanding that we're all on the same team. It doesn't matter if you're a collector. It doesn't matter if you're playing the game. We all love this game. We're all invested in it. We're all emotionally connected to the intellectual property. And the fact of the matter is we're the people that have the Bitcoins when the Bitcoins are worth cents. That's where this is at right now. And with the potential and trajectory that this game has, I mean, it's insane. It's Son Goku, the Awakened Power is the most insane card it's ever. If you look at the numbers and what it is and what it represents and how it exists, it's like Yeah, it is. It is pretty insane and there, there is like like the the potential for DBS is is pretty damn huge, but uh yeah, really on the is. other side you could be very skeptical saying like sure. look, like this card game is 5 years old and uh you know, we, we went through the, the COVID hype, right? The, the, the COVID hype was insane. It was insane for Pokemon, but it was also insane for DBS. Um, but now, man, the market is pretty damn. It, it is down compared to, to before. At the same oh, yeah. time, at the same time, cards are still selling for hundreds of dollars. And it's it's pretty, sure. pretty insane. But uh, you could argue that we've already reached that ceiling and it will that it will take a pretty damn long time before we reach that ceiling again like uh, uh the awakened power son goku selling for like 12k in psa 10 that is so high for a card that is relatively available relatively available and four years old and four years old that's that's i think the important part right yeah. like you, you don't see that in other games and that that purely is a byproduct of the intellectual property of this game Oh you know yeah, I mean that doesn't Dragon exist because it's it's because it's Goku. It's the height of the, you know the the story. It's Dragon Ball Super card game, and what we have of Dragon Ball Super thus far in anime outside of movies, like that's the moment. You know, mm-hmm. Goku falls into one of his own spirit bombs, and his hair turns silver, right? And then he shoots this thing, and there's a card of that that kills you in one. Have Have you ever heard my story about Victory Strike? Do Do you know my experience with this card? No, tell me. So, so I got into this game, and uh, <clears throat> and 
soon after I, I got this game, this leader got printed. Yeah. It's from the, the ultimate card. box. Yeah. And I loved it. Beautiful. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I can yeah. play all these Universe 7 cards. So I started looking up Universe 7 cards, and I see this card that has a skill Victory Strike. I'm like, what's Victory Strike? And I read about what? it. I'm like, what? This this kills you if it deals damage? This card's nasty. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm definitely running a play set of these. So I bought four of them. They were $80 at the time. <laughs> I buy four of these cards, right? <laughs> And I, I go to my first locals and I sit down to play the game and I, I put one I put a I put a awaken power in my energy area because it was in my opening hand. And my opponent was like and, and mind you, this is at a point in the game where there is no way to get cards out of your energy area. Once they're in your energy area, they're there for the rest of the game, right? He looks at me, he's like, dude, that's a flex, man. He's like, What are you doing? And I was like, I was like, Oh, I got I got three more in my deck. Like I can't play three of them. I'll see one. And he's like, dude. You can't have three of those in your deck. <laughs> no, you, like, you can only have one. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, I just spent two hundred forty dollars, or like whatever. Bro, it's right? like, like literally written on the card, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I was like, ah, oh, I was like, I, I, I spent what like three hundred and twenty bucks on this card, and in dental school, you know, that was a chunk of change for me. You know, that oh, was yeah, like course, that was yeah. food for for a couple of weeks. So I was like, ah. Oh. All right, whatever. It's a cool card. Maybe it'll become valuable that one day. Like I'll hold on to it. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> Here we are. Now I have uh, you That's know, pretty six. insane. And dude, the craziest part, I sent all of them in last year. They're all PSA tens. <laughs> Shit, man. That's that's <laughs> whoo, that's a home run there. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Man, honestly, um, like uh, I've I've talked to you know no collector also pretty big, uh, pretty yeah, big in the yeah, collector's yeah, yeah. world. And I I did a podcast with him and he told me too like man those awakened powers man I used to buy them for eighty bucks and I thought that was a lot. Yeah. And I was like yeah what I thought th you know <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a fairy tale it just happened with a few card shops or something that no, it was so no, cheap it's real man and and yeah. and the more I ask about it the more people you know, experience the same thing. Yeah. For me, I only started in 2020. Right. I only started collecting DBS in 2020. And uh, in March, I purchased uh, two PSA 10s for 550 each, uh, which mean, was also a pretty big home run, is, right? I sold yeah, one. Yeah. I sold one for uh, for 11K. Wow. Uh, February this year. So <laughs> that's pretty wow. big. Yeah, that's uh, pretty sick, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, like you said, like uh, it's it's pretty big for for you know people that are starting out in life, right? Uh, you, it's not it's not like we have uh, tens of thousands of uh, of dollars saved up uh, while, sure. while studying or whatever. I also just yeah. uh, you know yeah, I've only been a doctor for three like, years. Yeah, same. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and and I mean you're you're paid like like slaves in the first three years. So uh, <laughs> sure, I, yeah. for me at least, uh, don't know yeah. about you, but uh, yeah. I. I, I'm I'm in a, a little bit of a better situation just because I I planned this very methodically. Basically, yeah. like when I was 12 years old, I started crocheting hats, and uh, one of the one of my friends at school wanted to buy one of my hats, and I was like, "All right, like how much you want to give me for the hat?" And they're like, "I don't know, like 20 bucks." And right, this is like a 12 year old's <laughs> like rationalization, right? I was like, "Okay, so like." The yarn cost me $16 and it took me <laughs> nine hours to make a hat, which means I could make one hat a day and I could make $4 a day. And at the time, $4 was enough to buy a full-size hoagie at the sandwich shop down the street. And I was like, I love that place. I could just eat half the sandwich for lunch and half the sandwich for dinner and I'm good. But how am I going to feed my family? <laughs> oh, it's like, I should do what my mom does because she bought me the yarn. <laughs> like that night I went home, I was like, mom, how do I become a dentist? And she's like, 
pay attention to science and math. <laughs> and then at one point in high school, she's like, you know, you're going to have to cut dead bodies open. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> right. So in, in the US, the, 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 the first part of the, of, um, of the studies is, is the same as doesn't same matter. As medical which, school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 The first yeah. year is just, you know, it's science boot camp and mm -hmm. anatomy and all that stuff. And then mm -hmm. the second year you start doing more clinical stuff. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, I think a big, a big part of this picture is bringing the different parts of the community together. <clears throat> There's a lot of stratification in this game. Um, You know, there's lots of clicks with like teams even and, mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And, and a lot of, there was a lot of like anger from the, from the gaming side of the community right. during the COVID hype towards the collectors, like, Hey, yeah. like, get out of our game. You know, mm -hmm. like, why are you in our yeah. game? Pretty um, toxic. Yeah. yeah. There's really not, um, the more collectors that are in the game, the more sealed product is getting purchased. The more sealed product that's getting purchased, yeah. the more of this game is getting printed. Yep. Because this game is one of the most heavily underprinted games in the history of games. I talk about this a little bit on Jimmy's show also, but I'm pretty sure that this game is a passion project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard the same. Yeah, I don't think this is like... I don't think this is a thing where there's Bandai is saying, hey, we got to make so much cash we're gonna this is gonna be our cash cow they have dragon ball fighters they have dragon ball legends legends is gonna bring in so much more money than this game ever could because every day people are buying chrono crystals and dope mm -hmm. in battle you know and it's all kind of interconnected it's like this web of things that kind of spreads around and dragon ball heroes is involved right there's the dbs team and i'm pretty sure the dbs team is like 10 people and then there's like two designers that actually design the game you think it's um, that small I actually know it's that small. There's Shit, there's there's two people that that designed this game. In terms of the cards and what the cards do, it's two guys. <laughs> they, they design the game in an Excel sheet. Neither of them speak English. And then they send the cards to a company to have them put together. And they have the intellectual property from Dragon Ball Heroes. So they don't need to produce a ton more intellectual property. Right, right, right. Yeah. They have assets. They create some assets, you know, like this card, the the like Soul Striker, you know, this has the like the Dragon yeah. Ball Super kind of um, yeah. uh, art style. But um I'm pretty, I mean, I don't, this, I don't know this for fact. I know that the team is small and I know that they don't advertise. There is like zero advertisement, right? So yeah, that's been day. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just like two guys from like magic and Yu-Gi-Oh or something. And they went to Bandai and they're like, Hey, like, uh, we really like dragon ball and we're good at making card games. Like, can we make a card game? And Bandai was like, sure, here you go. Let's see how it does. And it did like fine. And then it did better. And like, The thing is, <clears throat> the Awakened Power is four years old, right? But if you try and do as much research as you can to find a number of how many of them exist, mm -hmm. I don't think there's that many compared to other cards. I don't think there's more than 1,500 of yeah, that cards that exist. 1,500, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But above, yeah. I mean, 1,500 is, is an underestimate, I'm, I'm sure. Of how many I mean, exist? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really? an underestimate, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many do you think exist? I'm curious. Between 5 and 10K. Really? I mean, that's... I mean, I know nothing, right? But uh, it seems 
um, either either all of the awakened powers or a big 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 chunks of of the awakened powers get graded, right? That's possible. I would say I would say about seventy five percent of them are graded right now. There are very few people. There used to be people. Okay, so what, gaming, what do you base your your estimate on? So I look at BGS numbers, I look at PSA numbers, and then I also have talked to a lot of local gaming stores and bigger gaming stores. So the biggest in the in the well, we also have to consider, right? Like there's there's the game comes in different languages. So if you're looking at Awakened Power, there's the English Awakened Power, there's the French Awakened Power. Is there an Italian one? Yeah. I think there's so. There's an Italian one, and then I think that's, that's it. it. I, that's I, it's it. just yeah. it's three, right? So um, <clears throat> the game wasn't very big overseas when Awakened Power got printed. So the majority mm -hmm. of the product was being distributed in the lower 51 of North America. And the biggest stores are Core TCG, PPG, and ARG at the time. Mm -hmm. Those were the stores that were buying up the majority of the product. And those stores were getting like maybe a hundred cases. Maybe, you know, now like one of the bigger stores, that's not, there's a store called Gamers RS, which is where I pre-order my product from. If you guys want to pre-order seal cases and you're in the States, I'd recommend hitting them up. Um, but they get about 50 cases per set now. And they're like a bigger of the smaller stores. So yeah. If you're looking at the number of stores that distribute this game per state, right? There's 51 states and you have maybe an average of three stores per state without the exception of like California and Florida where you have maybe 10. Um, you're not looking at more than like 500, right? And most mm -hmm. gaming stores, they're buying like my local gaming store, they buy two cases, and then they buy four more cases because I want four cases, <laughs> right? So like this. I mean, this it seems like is... you. It seems like you put a lot of thought into that. And to be honest, I I, I wasn't around at all at that time, right? So I I mm -hmm. cannot. I and and um, it's hard it, to get the information. And it's Bandai very won't, hard to get the information. Bandai won't release any of the information. They won't distribute any of the information. But I'm friends with the guys at these bigger shops, and they tell mm -hmm. me, hey, we bought this many cases of that set. So right. I know that at the at the top end. We're looking at that number. And by now, anybody that has one of these cards, right? Like I have a lot of friends in the community. Mm -hmm. I have very, very few friends outside of Evan Glover <laughs> that have that have uh, the awakened power. raw awakened right. powers. The uh, majority raw, of yeah, them raw. are graded. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Everybody yeah. last year, everybody graded their awakened powers because the majority yeah. of people didn't pay a thousand dollars for them. The majority of people mm -hmm. maybe paid, you know, my good friend Steve picked one up and it was nice. a big deal for him to pick one up. He got it for $200 at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. he and so they're they're really I would I feel pretty confident in saying I think about 75 percent of that card that exists are. are yeah. Graded. And we don't know because, I mean, there's the PSA and BGS are still backed up like crazy. They, they, yeah. There's yeah. a ton of cars are still in their system. They're well, not yet in their system. So um, uh, no. Awakened Powers are not going to be in that system. Awakened Powers, you can't send them in through that because they have to go through the higher tier of grading you, absolutely if you send them so, now you have to send them through the, the no 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 tier. even even when you were sending them 
like it um, maybe maybe people sold sent them on uh on the like normal grading ten dollar grading or whatever at the time what it was but yeah, yeah, yeah. i think the amount that you pay in insurance on that card individually it's, it's not ends up it's not worth it. It's so worth it. you end up actually paying more mm-hmm. if you're grading it at the lower because you yeah. don't get as much insurance. The thing covered, is that so. back then DBS wasn't really a thing. I mean, DBS wasn't wasn't big enough. So uh, the I mean the, the the collectors that that were around back then they they just bulk subbed everything, right? Yeah. Apex of Power, Awakened yep. Power, all the big secret. They just bulk subbed them. Because yeah. because they they knew PSA doesn't really care about DBS. DBS isn't really on their radar. They're just they don't they don't know the value. They just grade everything, and that was right. true until until now until until COVID hit. So there were still lots of bulk subs with SCRs. Of course, since 2021, it's not the case anymore, right? So you're yeah, right. Yeah. There's not probably not that many anymore in the system. So just, uh, you know, a little pause here after this uh, discussion. Joki and I actually got in contact after the, the interview and we agreed that uh, the estimate of 1,500 uh, awakened powers is way off. So uh, uh, I am probably way closer to, 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 uh, to reality than he is. Um, I, I think the the number numbers printed is closer to 10k than uh, than the 1500 that he mentioned, and uh, and so we agreed on on a way higher number in the end. So don't quote him on the 1500 um, copies. Uh, of course, he he got uh, influenced by um, Mike's article, the, the PSA article about uh, the tournament of power. And that's, we, we, we know, we know that, th- that it's way off. So, um, it's probably way closer to 10k than 1500. Just don't quote him on him, uh, on it. I, I still think that the conversation in and of itself is interesting. And so I, I kept it here on the podcast. Uh, but in the end, I think it's, uh, probably closer to 10k copies in the world. Uh, which means that a lot of copies are either still in sealed boxes or are in binders, you know, collecting dust. Uh, but saying that 75% of the cards are either at PSA or BGS is probably also way off um, based on the fact that it's uh, probably closer to 10K. And I say probably a lot because we will never know the exact numbers because Bandai just won't uh, reveal that to us. But uh, um, he got in contact with a a trusted uh, source and uh, he confirmed that it was uh, uh, probably around 10K. So that's that. Back to the interview. So on the note of secret rares, I think <laughs> secret rares are fascinating in this game. I think they're a really interesting enigma in the way that they exist and the way that they design things. And I think like Japanese people are methodical. They don't just shotgun the way that I do. They don't just blast stuff on the internet. You know, they think about it really carefully. They consider everything. They would absolutely hate me if I worked for them because I probably violate every single copyright possibility of everything in every single way. So the second the second that I get uh, uh, what was his name not not me for, I'm not Mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I would <laughs> if if Toei wanted to bring the hammer down on me, I would just pack up and walk away. <laughs> you know, it's a fun ride, guys. I have zero argument here. <laughs> I've been a complete, but you know, I actually, I actually approached Toei. I, I, when I was in Japan once, right. Um, Mm -hmm. I, the most 
famous ex sumo wrestler in Japan is a very good friend of mine. I'm mm. actually going to stay with him in Hawaii next week. And he wears all Dragon Ball everything. And he doesn't like Dragon Ball. He just wears it because I make it. And he literally walks around Japan and advertises Dragon Ball as like one of the most famous people. Because I put him in these shirts. So I went to Toei and I showed them. I was like, hey, like, look. Konishiki, Dragon Ball, Desigo, money. Like, how do we make money here? There's, there's money to be made, you know. And they basically were just like, "You're not big enough. Like, you don't have enough eyes on you. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know. Yeah. Like, you're not worth our time, kind of thing." But you know, one day I might be, and they may cancel half my internet history. But yeah, know. that's gonna be messy if they do. <laughs> knock, knock me down. I'll climb up. Do, six do you sell higher. clothes? No, I don't. I. I will trade clothes for secret rares. That's pretty much really? how I do it. Yeah, 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 I'll make I'll make anybody. Well, okay. So <laughs> when I sell clothes with like my designs, I sell a T-shirt for like three hundred fifty dollars, and mm-hmm. I sell my pants for like eight hundred dollars. So Damn. my no. you know everything's handmade. It's sublimated. I mean, you can see like these. This is the Gohan from. Uh, yeah, it's all it's it's wild stuff, you know. And I don't sell intellectual property stuff. I sell like my own designs that mm-hmm. I use. But if somebody wants something that's Dragon Ball, I'll be like, if you have cardboard that I want, I'll make you whatever you want because we're not exchanging money. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting shiny cardboard, you know. That's smart, man. Like that's One service pirate, for another, man. and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's pirate pirate operations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you were talking about SCRs because you think, uh, I mean, SCRs definitely it's it's something special in our in our game. It is. It definitely is. What, what was your point about this, yours? Oh, okay. So uh, there's a lot of the thing, the the, con, the the point that I made about like being the Bitcoin people earlier. Mm-hmm. I think there's yeah. something to that in that, um, you know, <sighs> sets one through nine yeah. was essentially a different game than set 10 through current. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're coming up to the next big shift. Mm-hmm. So I think I have a feeling Unison Warrior is going to be over by eight or it may go out to 10. Mm-hmm. But there's something going on with the game. There's, there is a chance this game might die, actually. I, I feel like that's a possibility because Digimon is doing so well that they don't really like need to put as much energy into this. It's fine. You know, like maybe it'll stay floating. But I think it generates a lot of income actually i think is they, digimon they, still still good yeah di- i mean digimon's a, if if you've played dragon ball and you go to play G- digimon it's like you're going from playing chess to playing checkers you know it's <laughs> not like it, it dragon ball is is the biggest brain game i've ever played in my right. life and anybody that plays the game knows it's like it is a very very complex interactive complex, the, right. the skill cap is astronomical in this game right. and there's so much room for creative design compared to other card games because of the way that the mechanics work so the design team is like crushing it at making a really successful game the downside is that it's really hard to get into and learn how to play the game right. um, as a collector or as somebody that's just interested in it especially if you don't have a community around you that plays i'm actually doing a tutorial series with jimmy starting um, mm-hmm. january 1st where we're doing a big giveaway we're giving away decks and teaching how nice. to play the game from a very 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 like the most basic level possible but nice. if you look at sets <clears throat> one through nine it's interesting because that sets one through nine were broken up into blocks right mm-hmm. more so than unison war unison warrior was like one big block with weird skills that divided the greater block. Mm. But set one through nine, 
you had set one and two were just the beginning of the game. Set three through four, three and four were Overrealm. Set five and six were Shenron's Wishes. And then set seven, eight, and nine were Infinite Unity. And in set one and two, set one, there were no secret rares. Godbreak is basically the secret rare of set one. And what people don't understand is that that card has the same drop rate as a secret rare. Absolutely. Same as the Broly, same as the the Frieza. And the right? SPRs of the next sets as well. So Yeah, so basically up through well, set four. Four. Yeah. I think it was set four. I think in set five, they changed the SPR. I'm, I'm so not sure about set five. <laughs> I'm so not sure because set, there are, set there's, five. 11, there's 11 SPRs and one SCR. So I'm thinking maybe... Oh, it was... It, one box had the SCR in it. I, right. I remember. It was... Yeah, so it was right. one SPR per box, and then one box had the SCR in it. And right, then, and so I think it's still one SPR per case, but I'm not sure. One copy of each SPR per case. Right. That's correct. It was. Right. Yes, yeah. I can confirm that. Okay. You know, yeah. good job. Good good, good, uh, good research. <laughs> um, but we're, we were working again with something really different, right? The, the mm -hmm. way that the, the, the SPRs were, were different also. It, mm -hmm. We saw a lot more texture foiling. The, the hot Absolutely, stamp man. was different. Um, yeah. And if you compare Unison Warrior to those first nine sets, I know a lot of people say, oh, set one through nine, like the quality of the secret rares and the SCR mm -hmm. or SPRs are better. And don't get me wrong, they're great, but you're you're comparing apples to oranges. In mm -hmm. set 10 through current, there's a different card stock that the cards come on. So in terms of how shiny the card is itself, they're way shinier. The secret rares are way shinier, and the gold foiling is a lot more advanced in how they lay out the hot stamp. So they're different beasts. It's a, really a preference thing. And I think the majority of people prefer the texture foiling with the hot stamp foiling versus the way that they are now. But if you then take cards from the secret rares from set one through nine and compare them in terms of composition, like just from a, you know, an art, art if I was looking at these in a gallery and I want to talk about the composition on the card itself, the composition is far superior in Unison Warrior. I mean, the card design, composition of the SPRs, SCRs, it's very well balanced. They're very gorgeous. If you look at uh, the 10 drop Gogeta from set 13, I think it was, mm -hmm. that card, if you take that card and you take the Vitruvian Man and you put them on top of each other, the composition is identical. Um, the 10 drop Gogeta, the Gogeta that goes like this, his arms are like this. I'm pretty sure it was uh, cross, cross Spirits he's in and play it triple attack you you mean time. the spr or uh spr spr ah the spr yeah yeah, yeah. that's Pe amazing. Peerless, amazing peerless is peerless is from set 10. no no so but so i was thinking like ah, SCR, you're thinking Gogeta, you're thinking about i don't remember it i would i, I thought yeah. i would have remembered it but yeah the, no absolutely the, the, the spr S looks amazing the scr gogeta no. is from set 10. 10. yeah 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 set 10. also so, great great card yeah there's a very interesting thing about that card i i may have messaged you about it Huh? Okay. No, so not really. All right. So so these so the you're you're looking at different kinds of things, right? And the rarity from set 1 through 9 is it's astronomically lower than set 10 through current because the game is a lot more popular. And once we SPRs. get through this for the SPRs, yeah. And the SCRs sort of since like, you know, uh destruction 
uh, in set six, you only got the Boo or oh, yeah, the yeah, Broly, yeah, cool. right? Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. those there were only those two secret rares in yeah. that set, and it was one per case. Uh, oh, anyway, before I get too carried away on this tangent, the thing I was going <laughs> to comment about, yeah. we were talking about Peerless. Yeah. Okay, so this is, I'm prefacing this statement that this is skepticism. This is a, this is a, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm assuming this. Yeah. I do not have hard, fast evidence that this is mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah. But I'm, there are a lot of instances in life where I'm right. Like when I was in high school and I told people <laughs> I was going to be a dentist and they're like, no way, you're not going to be a dentist. I was right. And I'm still right about a lot of things. So I'm going to go out and say that I'm right about this. I don't have hard evidence that I can prove it, but I think there are enough things that point in the right direction to say that this is the case for three cards. There are three SERs, two of which are at a higher value right now, one of which is a lower value right now. And I think if this game lives past four major blocks, if we get through, right, I'm calling set one through nine a major block and set Absolutely. 10 through the end of yeah. Unison Warrior. If we get yeah. through four major blocks, these cards are going to be some of the most valuable trading cards ever printed. Do you know what they are? Mm, probably, yeah, Awakened Power because it's the face of the TCG. Uh, SSB Vegito because it's the first SCR or or uh, or Godbreak Goku. That's also possible. I um, think those three are, are going to be crazy valuable. But this is three. this is something different. So I kind of smoke, smoke screened you. So apparently you, you think that Peerless Gogeta is going to be Peerless one of Gogeta. them? Peerless Gogeta, Frieza Apex and, of Power, and uh, Frieza and Goku. Why Apex of Power? Okay, so those, that's a great question. Just because, it's a, just because it's a victory strike. Okay, a... so if you look at those three cards, there's something very interesting going on on those cards. If you look at mm. the art on those cards, there's something iconic about them, and there's something different than all of the other secret rares. All of the other secret rares are like Dragon Ball style, original, you know, these drawings that are like unique to the DBS card game. Mm. But there's something weird about these three cards. They're not covered in gold foiling. The whole body of the characters are shown on all three of them. You can see from their head to their feet. Mm. And there's a very, very, very specific style that they're drawn in. And the specific style that they're drawn in mirrors the exact style of Todoyashi Yamamoro. Todoyashi Yamamoro was the guy that animated Dragon Ball Z starting around the Broly movie, and he continued to animate Dragon Ball until the new Broly movie. So what happened at the new Broly movie was Shintani started animating, and they brought Shintani on, right? And, yeah, and I did some Google searching. I watched some YouTube videos about like what happened, what's going on. So... Yamamoro was so excited to work on the Dragon Ball Broly movie, right? Because he started with the Dragon Ball Z Broly movie. And they say to him, sorry, Yamamoro, like, you're not working on this. We got Shintani. You're going to go and work on Dragon Ball Heroes. So Yamamoro is the one that directs and produces Dragon Ball Heroes. That's why Dragon Ball Heroes looks so much like Dragon Ball Z compared to Dragon Ball Super, new yeah. Dragon Ball Super movie looking yeah. like the old stuff, right? Yeah. So... Yamamoro basically got like downgraded a little bit, right? Like <laughs> Dragon Ball Heroes is the Dragon Ball Heroes promotional anime is not people don't take it quite as seriously as Dragon Ball Super or the movies, right? So he's over in on Japan the Dragon as well. Ball Heroes team. 
yeah in japan yeah. as I well mean, yeah. people people love people love dragon ball heroes but it's not you know the the story it, it was created to bring all the timelines together and mm -hmm. kind of canonize yeah, yeah. everything through Absolutely. a game which i think was yeah. genius and great and amazing a really cool yeah. concept and i think that yeah. there's a lot of potential mm -hmm. and there's a lot like in terms of being a fan the stuff that you see in there is so exciting because this is stuff we like imagined when we were kids you know ss3 raditz like yeah his hair is not going to fit on the car that's awesome right but um anyway we have this guy over at dragon ball heroes right mm -hmm. we know that the dragon ball heroes and the dragon ball supercar game team work together from time to time of course oh. and if you look at these three cards they're iconically different than every other secret rare i'm telling you when you get a chance put them next to each other so you speculate that uh that that artist specifically drew Yamamoro these three cards drew those cards he drew those assets i yeah. believe that strongly and i think one day that information might come out and i think that information will change the value of those cards and if you don't have any three of them the one to pick up now is peerless because peerless is cheap as heck cards like 130 yeah. bucks yeah and the goku freezer right now also is a great pickup that card's like what 230 dollars right now yeah it's pretty cheap i mean there was never an ser in this game that was 500 on release ever before that was the first time that's ever happened and you have to look at the big picture of these things right it's not just about how much something's worth right when it comes out it's not even just worth how much it is worth now relative to where it came out there's a much bigger picture outside of where we are now in terms of where this game is going and even if this game dies that doesn't mean the value of these cards die because people don't know about the game that is the biggest oh, man, problem with the dragon ball super card game that brings us to the next topic because i want yeah. to talk about this uh absolutely is that uh we we don't we don't have content creators to, to push this uh to push totally. this game bandai is definitely not gonna do it right so uh and the only content creators that we have that are kind of popular <laughs> is uh it's rhyme style but he does like uh he, I think he has like four or five videos on uh, on DBS on his channel. And that's it. He doesn't know the game. It's he, not something to him. And you know, he, like, do, he doesn't know anything about he, it. He so. was he was psyched about pulling a hit SPR. I mean, right. it's like, yeah, this is it to him. It's a thing that looks cool that has some value because it's Dragon Ball. But you know, one of the things I actually talked to Bandai about this. I was like, yo, like put me in touch with these guys because. <laughs> I'm good at talking to people and I will get them excited about it. I will explain them the power of that piece of cardboard. And I'll get them psyched about it. And if there is excitement on their face about how good a card is, not only will the community respect them for knowing that they mm. know the card is good, but the people that follow them are going to want to know why that card is powerful. And then they're going to invest in the game because they want to feel the power of that card. That's what they do. That's what content creators do is they get people to understand how cool something really is. And then they want to be a part of it. And then they invest in it with their time and whatever. Right. So yeah, it's a big, it's an issue, man. You know, I, I, I've basically declared myself the Shrippum King of the community. <laughs> I have 4,000 followers, man. I have 4,000 yeah, subs you have on a lot YouTube. Of subscribers, yeah. uh, dude, that's a Absolutely. joke. That is a joke. That is not like, for, it's not. For DBS, a, yeah. Well, well, for DBS, it's good. But for YouTube, yeah. it's like nothing. It's you know, nothing. You, know how, yeah. you know how much I make no. in an average month off YouTube? I make like $62. That's not a much, <laughs> enough to buy a booster box. You know, like I'm not in this for the money. If it blows up, great, cool. Like if it becomes a secondary career, if I can make more money off of this than dentistry, yeah, heck yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I'll just go in and spin down a crown once a week and boost morale. I'm cool with that. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't care about that. I care about the game growing. And the way that the game is going to grow is a number of things. One, the point you made about raising the bar for content. 
Absolutely. The content bar has to increase yeah. because once the content bar increases, the people that come into the game and want to make content for the game, they're going to see what they have to work towards and they're going to continue outdoing each other. And the more that we outdo each other, the better the content's going to get. And the more people yeah. are going to see on the internet and say, hey, I want to have something to do with this game because 99.99999% of people that are going to see this game on YouTube are never going to be able to hold a physical card in their hand. Mm -hmm. that's how YouTube works. Mm -hmm. If this game blows up and I one day get a million subscribers of those million subscribers, 1% of them are actually going to have the physical cards. Yeah. The other grand majority of them are going to see them. They're going to be able to look at them. They're going to be able to appreciate them. But if my camera angle doesn't show the card, it's on some weird, it's glitchy and they can't see what's like, what's the point? They're, they, you know? they already clicked on the next video. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Uh, it took, it took me, it took me, three years to to restart uh, my uh, my pokemon collection uh because i, I watched some uh, some youtube videos of pokemon pokemon cards in 2016 when pokemon go uh came out mm -hmm. and I, I i still sporadically look watch that watch some watch some videos of pokemon collecting and uh, and it took me three whole years before i purchased my first pokemon card so wow can, can you i mean i i can assume Okay, I might not be the, the majority of people, but uh, let's assume that people need to watch sure. lots and lots of content before they make some yeah, sort yeah. of decision. A so absolutely. So there needs to be first of all, there there needs to be way more content. Like the volume is very important as well. Totally, totally. But um, but yeah, you're right. The quality isn't there as well. Like for me, like I, I just started creating content just because there was no one out there. Right? Yeah. There was no one out there. I want to consume content, but there's no content to consume. So I thought like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I have a phone, right? I can I can yeah. press record and totally, totally, and man. Upload it yeah. and that's yeah, still what I'm doing now. So and I watched that whole video of you opening those cards, man. Like I wanted to see it, you know? It was like it was like 1 a.m. I had to go to the bathroom. I opened up Instagram and I'm like, he pulled a what? I am watching this. I am watching this. And then I'm gonna post it on the internet and tell everybody else to watch oh, it because it's crazy, you know? That's and then absolutely um, insane here. But yeah, I mean the the, the 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 there's a combination of things, right? That's a that's a huge component of it. That's like mm. a, I would say that's probably the grand majority. Yeah. But outside of that, the next step is getting the community to work together. This is not, there's, so I was telling you about that game that I, I was a part of, Marvel Contest of Champions, right? Yeah. The game was pretty popular. It was big. It wasn't like it was a joke. It was definitely bigger than DBS was. And it had been around for about four or five years when I started making content for it. But one of the things that I did was what I'm doing right now. I made friends with making everybody content. that was making stuff. Yeah. I went around and I was like, hey, you make stuff? I make stuff. Let's be buddies. I like this game. You like this game. How can we be friends? I think we're going to be best friends. You know, like right. that's just who I am. And I went right. around and I connected so many different content creators. And what happened? All of a sudden, these content creators are working with each other. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing this mission. Let's do it together. Right. Let's do this thing. Right. Because then right. this fan base comes to this fan base. This fan base comes to this fan base. And at this point, like everybody knows about the super players. There's nobody in the game that plays the game or collects the game that doesn't know about them. True. Most 99% of competitive players know about Crossworlds because Joey makes the best competitive content, right? People that like opening cards probably know about me and mm -hmm. watch the videos I make for opening stuff. But we all have strengths that each other doesn't have, right? You're mm -hmm. very knowledgeable about collecting, grading, and yeah. just the, that world in itself, right? Like mm -hmm. 
you have assets i don't have i have mm -hmm. assets you don't have we Absolutely. each have things that we need to be able to learn from each other come together mm -hmm. and build something bigger um yeah. and that's really you know that's what kind of kicked off this project i'm doing with jimmy where we're doing this basic tutorial and giving away the decks and giving a, people a chance to be involved that's with amazing, this thing. Um, and i think you know uh, there's a lot more to be done like that you know one of the things actually i I was when I was at Nats, a lot of the um, content creators were there and I was like, hey, we should get together and have a meeting and like talk about how we can push this game forward together. Right. And it didn't really happen. I hung out with George a bunch. I hung out with Brian a bunch. I hung out with um, Hayden and, um, kicked, you know, saw Tony briefly, but we didn't all like get together. But basically, I don't know. Have you seen the series I've, I've done? It's called In Lil, In Joku's Pants. Yeah, where so like I, I bring people over to my studio and we talk about Dragon Ball stuff, and then by the end of the episode, they're they're in my pants. I make them pants while we're talking, right? And Tony and I came up with this idea that I think was genius, and I really want to expand upon it. But like, I don't have the time, and I, I think it's something that if we get enough people working on it together, it could definitely happen. And I would mm -hmm. love to make one of these happen before set seven because I think mm -hmm. there's something here. But do you remember? I don't know. You're from Germany, right? I'm from Belgium. Belgium, okay. neighbor country of Germany. Yeah. Okay. When, when you were a kid, we're probably about the same age. Are you like 30? I'm 28. Yeah. 28. Okay. Yeah. So congratulations. You've been a doctor for two years faster than me. Nice. I took, I took two years to go to Japan and, and play Dragon cards. <laughs> That's how I'm two years ahead of you in the game. <laughs> um, but anyway, when we were kids, so you watched Dragon Ball when you were a kid, probably. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, did you ever get those Beckett magazines? The Beckett no. magazines. So there were That's, these Beckett no. magazines that came with, um, I think I actually have one over here, but they came with like this lenticular print on the front. And it was just like all things Dragon Ball collectible, talking about Dragon Ball collectible stuff. I so, think I've seen that one. <laughs> And they, and they had these one of those. six stickers that are like, you know, the lenticular stickers that like move mm -hmm. when you look at them at different angles. So yeah. what I want to do is I want to make a publication that's a Dragon Ball Super Card Game publication where we get content creators to talk about a different subject and each one talks about a rotating thing. And we mm -hmm. just go through and talk about different stuff and then put it together in a thing that people can subscribe to and they can get, I think quarterly would be good with each main block release. You know, there could be a mm -hmm. collector's focus. There could be a competitive focus. There could be like, what's the coolest card, you know, like what's yeah. the most exciting archetype? Uh, what's the best composition? You know, whose videos mm -hmm. are you most excited? Whatever it is, like get, you know, 10, 20 content creators together and each year rotate through these things and we can each read, write an article about it, have some cool pictures. And then I have a mm -hmm. friend that actually makes these really sick lenticular stickers and eventually make a physical magazine that we slap these stickers on and ship them out to people. So you can have like a DBS magazine, you know, man, I that, like, that would be insane. I would be, I feel like, that. Would, yeah, I'd I feel like it would be that. a really, really cool yeah. concept, but, um, you know, getting a team together to work on that, you know, we'd need, I basically, I basically need like an intern, but I, I know that there are con <laughs> uh, uh, content creators that, um, have experience with like in design and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of a pipe dream right now, but I think if we're able to kind of get our heads together and in the right place and in the right space, something like that could definitely, it would happen. be interesting. You have a uh, null collector who wrote a PSA uh, magazine article, you know, that oh, like the SMR that, magazine um, is his name. Um, uh, Mike. He, no, so yeah, Mike, Mike wrote the article about the awakened power and, and okay. turning to power. So amazing. I mean, this article probably pushed the game pre i mean a lot yeah. um 
been criticized a lot by some of my friends who've been around at that time because because of that number that he wrote. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, the article is really uh, good. Article is 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 nice, right? Yeah. Um, Null collector is uh, he he just he just wrote his name as Null collector. Okay. Right? And he he published an article this year about um, about the, the first sets of the game. So he talked about uh, you know the, the launch with the launch kit and the coming soon promos. He, he talked about Galactic uh -huh. Battle and Uni Uni uh, Union Force. Uh, so we have two articles on in the cool. PSA magazine. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's a there's also a Facebook group called Zion. Um, Z yeah, I O N yeah. on uh, on Facebook. There it's a pretty active auction Facebook group. Who sells uh -huh. cards and uh, and and I've been I've been working with them to 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 push some you know knowledge I guess DBS knowledge in the group yeah. and so uh, they've uh, they've asked me to to wrote to write some pieces and so we we came up with uh, a series where we discuss each week one set and so I oh, was cool. in charge for set one to four because those are my set, I mean the sets that I'm most uh, passionate about uh -huh. and then uh, and then we moved on but I think we stopped at around set six or seven i wrote my pieces but after that it kind of fell down so yeah we're we're trying our best but i think i think you're right we need to to work more together I we think, need to work together and we need to make a, a dbs dbs uh content creator group or something uh, yeah yeah i, I actually have one yeah. I'm, i that is totally dead but we should make one <laughs> that actually people participated but um but yeah. i um yeah, because as soon as I started making content, there I think people were like, "Oh, this guy's a joke," and then like people were like, "Wait, actually, his content's all right." And then it's like, and then I like topped in nats, and then they're like, "All right, he actually doesn't suck at the game." Like, okay, maybe maybe maybe, maybe he knows all, what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's not as dumb as he looks. Man, <laughs> um, my my experience is. Is is probably I, I'm probably not the only one who experienced the same thing where you need to watch several videos oh, in yeah, order to yeah. get you because uh, yeah it, it's yeah. Uh, you know I don't lay it all out immediately <laughs> you know? but um yeah so so those are two big things right like Absolutely. working together and um Up raising the level of content yeah and then I think another really big one is we need to get a celebrity into our game not Dalen Mac Dalen Mac is is was sweet. I had sweet enough interactions with him, but he's not uh, Kobe Bryant or, you know, like... Uh, it's true. He's not... We need Steve Aoki, basically, is well, what we need. Well, Steve Aoki and, opened some Assault of the Saints, and he 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 did a, a little bit of DBS, and then he stopped. I'm I'm working on it. So my, my yeah. brother is a uh, EDM artist. He goes by Space nice. Jesus, and he's... <laughs> He is not into Dragon Ball because it's been surrounded. He's been surrounded in it for the entirety of his life, and he's kind of like, "Get this away from me." Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have some friends in the music community, and I basically every, like yesterday I made a Facebook post. I was like, "Hey, like, does anybody know any famous rappers that like Dragon Ball? Like, I want to make them clothes and give them cardboard." And today I made a post. I was like, "Hey, how do I get in touch with Steve Aoki?" And apparently, it's, I have friends that are friends with his video DJ artist. So I'm gonna try and get in touch with him, and then just be like, "Hey, dude, like, I'll make you the coolest Dragon Ball clothes you've ever wanted, and I'll make them out of whatever card you wanted. And I'm gonna send you both, and then I want you to make a video to help promote this game, basically." 
So I, I just I just want to be the Dragon Ball Super Card Game ambassador. But I think if we get some right, like remember when the Pokemon collector posted the pictures with the uh, coming soon cards or whatever? Or, right, you know, right, right. Stuff? Yeah, Gary, like that right. was you know that that made a wave. It definitely made a splash. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. He has he has very mixed yeah. reviews as an individual, and I mean most <laughs> yeah. celebrities do, but yeah. like. If we can get a couple big names to shout this game out, because the sure. issue is, right? Like if you meet somebody that's a Pokemon, right? You see some kid playing Pokemon Go and you're like, hey, did you know that there's a Pokemon card game? And they'll be like, yeah, shut up. Get away from me. You know, but like if you go up to a kid that's like playing Dokken Battle and you're yes, like, hey, no did you know there's a Dragon Ball card game? They're like, what? Uh, what I have no what, clue. What? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the game looks so much better than yeah. any other card game that's yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, and on the note of so good, yeah. looking better than any other card game out there, what is your favorite Dragon Ball Super card game card? Yeah, so uh, my favorite card is uh, the signature Goku. Gorgeous card. Uh, others in my top five are the IAR Goku. Why, why that one? Why that one? Just, I mean, look at it. I mean, it looks amazing. What are you going to do? <laughs> what the hell? You know, do you know about mine? <laughs> I don't know what's your favorite card. No way. <laughs> I've seen this one. On, oh, man. I've seen this one multiple times. I'm so jealous. Do you know, do you know the yeah. story of this? No, I don't. Uh, so right. for the ones I've... listening, he's showing me a, a card, the signature Goku signed <laughs> by Nozawa. So the, the, the uh, Japanese voice actor. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, hang on. I have... I actually, you know, I think when you have stuff signed by people, you're supposed to have like a certificate of authentication thing, right? You do? Um, not you quite, but I think I have something better. You have a picture. This is the Dragon Ball newspaper that came out uh, when the Broly movie came out. And uh, if you go to page, I don't know if these pages are numbered. Wait, hang on. Oh, wait, hang on. where is it? There's a page in here. That's the like the third page. There's no pic- freaking way. There's a, pic- <laughs> there's a picture of me wearing wearing an Awakened Power T-shirt, getting <laughs> signed Goku, signed by. That's Nizawa. amazing. That's yeah, amazing, man. There's a whole there's a whole that's story so cool. that goes along with this. But it's super long and drawn out, but that's on the Herman Style podcast. If you guys want to check it out, it was cool. quite a ridiculous time. But um, but yeah, man, I I uh it's a it's a really cool card. I think it's a really, really cool card. The texture on it's really cool. Um and I just had happened to have it in my backpack at the time. Um but, so cool. Uh, so cool. It's your favorite card? Uh Hide of Mastery. SPR, Height of Mastery. The card. Yeah. That's the yeah. card that got me into this game. Yeah. This is my um, pretty cool. This is my yeah. little collection book here. I've been working on. This is my. I did send so a bunch of stuff in to get graded. Signatures. Of yeah, I have, and a, Goku's, the I have a book that lives rares. in a set that's just all secret rares, and then I have some French cards. I think the French cards are really good. They're hilarious. Yeah, they have like something different, like, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't think I'd want a whole book of them, but I'm working on <laughs> I'm working on uh, filling this out. And then I just got my next. This the I like how in uh this set. What was this the 
set set 11 12 12 yeah how they did the three secret rares how they kind of look they all kind of look like they go together um i'm curious as to what you think about um set 15 battle evolution booster battle evolution um yeah i i was kind of hyped for that set um ended up being nothing special uh yeah i think that is going to be one of the most slept on sets in this game yeah i think i'm I'm not a fan i think in a couple years those boxes are going to be quite valuable why for two two reasons Okay, so we're getting the Mythic Booster, right? Have right. you opened any Mythic Booster? No. Okay, so <laughs> Mythic Booster... Did you open? Did you open uh, boxes? I may or may not have opened one. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. What? Uh, uh, What's that answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're available. You can get them in other countries now, right? So, yeah, I could say I opened uh, yeah, Okay, okay. Whatever. Um, yeah. so, I don't know when I'm going to publish that episode anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, Mythic Booster has a Senzu Bean reprint. Yeah. Senzu Bean is not getting a foil parallel foil in mythic booster it's getting the alternate art foil nice. so the parallel foils in mythic booster are stuff like um thwarting uh fighting against fate uh koitsukai they're they're graded as rarer cards so those are getting parallel foils i'm, I'm i could be wrong about this but i feel quite confident that bean is not getting a parallel foil in um mythic booster, mythic booster. Yeah. i think foil beans original art foil beans are going to be very very valuable and the other card that i think is going to be extremely valuable is that ss3 goku that card is like that card is like eight dollars right now it's so good this is the time to buy that card buy that card the only card i have for that set yeah that that's going to be the chase card of the set and that card but yeah that card had a similar drop rate in that set as the secret rare. Yeah, I mean the secret rare wasn't rare, right? It, it wasn't uh, rare. You got four per one case, in, right? Yeah, one in three boxes. So it was one so, is three in boxes, yeah, but I yeah. think that Goku was about the same as that. Yeah. It's when I opened SR, it, right? Most yeah. most cases I opened, I didn't pull more than four of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that card is going to be a chase card, and I think the bean and that card are what are going to make Battle Evolution Booster valuable in the future. Right now, it doesn't matter. It's trash set. It, you know, the uh, Jared doing well with Android 16 made a little bit of a splash. I, I disagree. Uh, to be honest, I disagree. I, I, your point is probably completely valid. What yeah. I would love to hear your story about it. What do you think? I mean, Battle Evolutions has. I understand the Sensu Pop story. Right, Sensu Pop, I can totally understand. I have friends who have like 10 of these uh, foil just in case, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, like, uh, let, you know what? Let's let's see how rare that, that card is, the Sensu Pop. I don't think like the Secret Rare and the SS3 Goku are not enough, I think. Uh, the Secret Rare, I don't think the Secret Rare is really worth much. The only thing about it is that it's the first sideways Secret Rare ever printed. Yeah, yeah. Which I think there's um, there's something to there's something first. to it. Yeah, there's something to it. But uh, so wait, is there a website where you can look at this stuff? Yeah. What is it? I would love to know. Pulls. So p u l l s. Dot x y z. Cool. 
Now that's I think it's fan made, right? So it's it's not. I mean, it's just people okay. cracking yeah, yeah, cracking yeah. cases and, and and putting in data. Yeah. So that's I mean it's something, right? But I really think I think the SS3 Goku more so than the Senzu Beam, and I think the SS3 Goku because um, of the what was it the Panini or whatever. I can. There was uh, what was the. Well, the, the score, the score game, right? Yeah, it's very expensive. Yeah, it's the exact same art, but just better. Yeah, it, it, the, the art is improved indeed. Um, yeah. Because the, the, the score is just a screenshot of the, of the, of the series. And it's right. kind of pixelated, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, looks not, pretty, it looks pretty bad. It's pretty bad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, I, um, do, do you collect uh, card-ass cards? Yeah, definitely. I have a, I have a gem mint copy of the SS3 Gogeta Cardass from 1993, BGS 9.5. That's I, my. I, I need to send me a picture. I, I need gorgeous to card, it. gorgeous card. So I purchased. Wait. I actually purchased the SS3 Goku from Battle Evolutions, Battle Evolutions, just to match that card, right? Because oh, interesting. Now, because now I want, I want them all except score because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too expensive. But. Uh. Um. <laughs> All right, so it is currently December 10th, 2021. Yeah. So yeah. on December 10th, 2031, let's resume this conversation. <laughs> Deal. Battle Evolutions, Battle Evolutions, $12 per box. <laughs> No, no, no store we will be able to get rid of it. I will, no store. I will. I will say that I did just vaporize a lot of Ethereum and NFTs. So as I was saying, how I'm usually right, I also can definitely be wrong. <laughs> I bought. I bought all these koalas. Let me right click. <laughs> and, and at this point, I think I would pay people to take them from me. <laughs> Let's see. Let me right click save, save, yeah, save PNG. as in my, in, my, in my NFT PNG folder. That's really good. Um, oh, man. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm not sold I, on the NFTs yet. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I, I, I guess I'm kind of old fashioned, I guess. Uh, I was, I was mistakenly so. So you should probably stick with the cardboard. I think right. it's, it's probably, <laughs> you probably know more about it. Um, so this next set, I think, you know, yeah, set 16. There is something very interesting happening. The God Rare. The God Rare. Campaign is it, Rare. Is it, is it uh, Campaign Rare plus four SCRs or, or what's... Uh, I think it's going to be three SCRs. I think three they, SCRs, yeah. I think they're going to change it back to God Rare. I, I hope like, so. I hope I so because be Campaign Rare d- really doesn't make... Doesn't no, do it, it doesn't me. do it as much excitement. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It sounds like uh, they had Campaign Rares in um, Clash of Fates and they were like, Right, right. Trash that price. was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the campaign. It's right. like, wh- why do you why do you use the same yeah word? But I'm actually kind of nervous about that card, man. First of yeah. all, first of all, I'm nervous because it might be not as good as our expectation. That's that's for one. <laughs> but uh, for two, uh, you know, if it's um, if it's a pull rate of uh, you know one in two cases, okay, that's mm. manageable. That's manageable. I think it's. If I it's, think it's going to be it's a one lot in, less than if that. If it's one in three cases, that's like okay, okay, it it will be expensive, but you know it it it's okay. But if it's if it starts to be like one in four, one in five, one in six cases, man, that shit is going to be expensive. 
I think it's going to be more than all of that. You think it's going to be even rarer than one in six okay. cases? Okay, this is this is. Only, <laughs> I I will disclose this information. I there is information that I cannot disclose, but I will disclose this information. <laughs> My friend at Bandai, I was talking to him, and I was trying to figure out how many cases of this set do I need to buy to guarantee that I'm going to pull one because I want to pull one. And I was like, just tell me because I'll buy whatever number that is. You say 20 cases, I'll figure out what I need to sell to buy 20 cases. I don't care. I will get however many cases I need to get to guarantee that I'll pull one of these cards because I want to open one on a video. We're going to buy some bra anyway because people are not going to know how rare they are as soon as the set drops and people are going to sell them and then the people that buy them beforehand. Oh, yeah, gonna I'm going to buy at release. You got you to buy release. it at release. This is an at absolute, release. absolute buy at release card. Yeah. He said to me, he said, let me put it this way. <clears throat> if you went to Target and bought a blister pack and opened a God Rare, the Japanese government will give you a Medal of Honor recognizing <laughs> that you are. <laughs> 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 so, that being said... I think it's going to be super, super rare. And I think there's something really interesting. Did you did you see the video I did on the uh, DBH card? I just posted it the other day. Um, do you know the, yeah, the parallel yeah. foil? Yeah, I hope it's not that. <laughs> you hope it's not that art or that, that level art. of rarity? I, I, I hope I don't it's not think that it will art. Be. I, I have a feeling it's going to be... Um, I, it's either going to be Goku or Vegeta. I hope it's going so. to be one of them too. And, <laughs> and I, and I feel like, uh, I feel like Vegeta needs some love as much as I love Me Goku. Too. Me too. Vegeta needs some time in the sun. He's Absolutely. his character arc and super is just so good right now. And like, he Don't hasn't gotten, he, he hasn't gotten a real secret rare. No, you know no, I mean? he hasn't. He the hasn't. only one he has is is uh, SS four. SS four, but and come on, cards unplayable. SS4 doesn't. Yeah, it's it not Vegeta. Count. It's no. yeah, it's Vegeta, Apex of Power you know. doesn't count either. So no, it really doesn't. So it, yeah. it I, I think I agree. I would be, I'll, I would be happiest if it was. I would definitely say Me that. Too. Um, Me I, too. and I will be very, very happy if it's Goku. Also, if it's anybody other than those two, it's gonna be. I won't be a happy camper. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It might as well call it Me a too. campaign rare at that point. <laughs> yeah, I will be. I will be a little upset, but but I think we're. I think we're in for something really special with this next set. I feel. I, sure I, hope so. I have very, very high hopes for um, this set, and I think that there is something, like I was saying, like you know japanese folks like to plan out whatever their you know big picture is here i think there is something that is right like what what point in the story are you up to in dragon ball i don't want to spoil anything i don't i don't read the manga so you've watched the show you've watched the yeah, movies so and everything. after top okay. that's it so I've, like, I've seen some spoilers and i'm i'm really hyped about it but it's 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 annoying it's kind of annoying to to i, I mean you you know uh, I'm uh, well, I'm the I'm the wait for the anime type of uh, well Dragon Ball Heroes and Dragon Ball Super actually you can't get the whole story with the anime anymore because they're doing it differently. So basically, you what happened was Toriyama um, wrote Dragon Ball right, mm -hmm. and like he wanted to finish writing Dragon Ball after the Frieza saga. When the Frieza saga was over, mm -hmm. he was like, okay story's done this is it i'm done and the fans and were like dragged no toriyama to, uh... please 
And he's like, okay, maybe yeah. maybe Gohan will get some light in the sun. You know, let's make a little story about him. Does the cell saga, right? And he's like, okay, Goku's dead. Now, like, now, now I'm done. Yeah. They're like, Toriyama, please. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it again. And then after Majin Buu, they're like, Toriyama, please. And he was like, no, like I want to go build cars and hang out with my kids. Okay, like animation company here's the rights let me overlook the character design you guys do whatever you want whatever gt came out gt storyline was trash with character design sick oh right? yeah yeah so when it came time for super the super came out because there was all this money that was made from the japanese love anniversaries they did 25th anniversary mm -hmm. dragon ball made a ton mm -hmm. of money and they're like hey like let's yeah. make a series right so some yeah. money starts getting pumped into this thing and toriyama's like okay if we're gonna do this the way that i want to do it is I want to write the plot and then the animation company and this guy Toyotaro, who's basically like his apprentice, who mm -hmm. was the guy that wrote the Dragon Ball AF manga way mm -hmm. back when the, I think it's called like a Daijin or something like that. So he was like, I'll give you guys the story points and then you guys fill in the story however you want. And I, you know, you have to agree on some levels. There can't be plot holes in the way you fill the story. And we'll like, you know, Goku Beerus wants to fight the Super Saiyan God. Beerus and Goku fight. Beerus doesn't blow up Earth because right, he right. likes the food, right? Like, yeah. those are the points. And then you guys yeah. make the story. But right. what's happening after the end of the super animation, the Moro arc, the Granola arc, those things likely are not going to be animated ever. Those you are think so? just, I feel very strongly that yes, because the Dragon Ball mm. Super Superhero movie is taking place after the Moro arc. So I don't think we're going to oh. see that in animation. So if you want that story, you should read it. But in the yeah story. yeah they, they they time skip right it's yep. uh yep yeah so right. you know, people people yeah. that are watching the show are going to miss certain things that that's are happening annoying so in, i'm gonna in, read the manga yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just jump in i mean dude you can you can read the whole manga in a weekend yeah. actually it's yeah. very short it's yeah. very quick it's it's yeah. really good um and the and the animation style is cool and stuff and if you like any screenshots you know send them to me and if you want to trade a spr or something <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, don't, don't cancel me. <laughs> but, uh, but yes. They're going to hate you, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what's interesting is like, okay, so from what you've seen in the Tournament of Power and stuff, there's a clear trajectory that like Vegeta is on the path to being right. the god of destruction and yeah. Goku's on the path to like yeah. becoming an angel. Yeah, so right? I've seen so, like, that. Yeah. so there is that concept that exists. And mm -hmm. there is this thing going on right like dbh set 11 and dragon ball super set 7 mm -hmm. like japanese people love numbers they mean a lot more than like than just uh yeah a number right so yeah. 7 and 11 have some sort of god component to them it's interesting that they called this card a god rare and it's interesting that in dragon ball super as uh, DBH set eleven and set set seven of I'm DBS. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pause here. My yeah. okay, yeah, go for my, it. Man. <laughs> my cat is asking to go outside, and he will not let go until he's outside. <laughs> it sounds just... good. I'll be here. <laughs> yeah. Take your time. Come back. Welcome back. Welcome back to your show. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to welcome you back here. So show. you were you were making the point that uh, Vegeta is getting a lot of love, both in. Uh, Super yeah, yeah, Vegeta, Vegeta's in, uh, character arc is really cool, DBS, and yeah. and uh, I think choosing the image that they chose for the let's call it a God Rare that came out the mm -hmm. the parallel foil secret rare ASCC or whatever the alternate secret rare for DBH if we call that the God Rare of DBH the picture they chose is a very interesting one and it's interesting because that picture 
signifies a moment that is a transition. Are you talking about uh, Goku riding Shenron? Right. Yeah. So that yeah. image is right before GT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That image is like this is the end of Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. I am the guy. Yeah. I did it, and I'm on the fucking yeah. dragon. Yeah. And I'm riding the shit out of here. <laughs> you know, like, like. Which was actually a pretty good. Uh... End Goodbye, son. Yeah. I know I haven't been around much, but if you ever want to train with me, all you have to do is die. <laughs> right. See ya. <laughs> I'm out. Shenron, let's go. <laughs> We've made enough wishes. Let's get out of here. Um, but I think that is something, right? Like Dragon Ball DBS didn't have a DB game. Mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Ball Heroes and Super Dragon Ball Heroes are different sets. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting that they're using that card to reference Dragon Ball Z in Dragon Ball Super. Mm -hmm. But I think that whatever card we get is going to be a Dragon Ball Super card. I don't think it's going to be a Dragon Ball Z card. I don't think it's going to be a Dragon Ball card. And I think it's going to have something to do with like God, deity, something I'm hoping it's Vegeta, but I think there's a good chance it'll be Goku. Let's also. hope it's not a, a Whis card or a Great Priest card or something. <laughs> <laughs> great Priest. My money's on Great God Priest. God rare, and it's going to be the Great Priest I mean, if it was if it was Zeno, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, Zeno could, would be pretty cool could, as well. I yeah. could be in with Zeno. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be one of the guys. They, it, yeah. it, it, the pieces of the puzzle line up, and I'm interested to see. We know that there's going to be a set eight of Unison Warrior. Yeah. But right now, that's all we have projected. And it's unlike mm -hmm. this game to not be projected out more. So mm -hmm. when set seven comes out, you know, do you ever look at the distributor websites? No, very rarely. So yeah. the, re the the thing that's good about Only the distributor websites is they those are the first places where you'll yeah. find out if another set's coming out. So yeah. to kind of see, you know, what's happening in the future. That's um, where we found out that there was going to be a God Rare, right? Yeah, right. It was on the distributor yeah. website. It said God mm -hmm. Rare, and then they changed it yeah. to Campaign Rare because people kind of started, like, freaking out, myself yeah. included. <laughs> How do I get all this? Everyone, yeah. <laughs> How do I get a binder page full? <laughs> How much... <laughs> How much fake money do I need to turn into real money? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, how did you what, what did you think about uh set 15 uh SCRs? Uh say in showdown. Oh I have mixed feelings, man. You know, I'm the kind of guy that like when I go to a movie and it's not a good movie, like I figure out a way to like it because i don't want to have not enjoyed the time i invested in that movie and i think that's kind of like a you know a way i feel about them like it's a great way in to terms, put it yeah. in terms of the art like if you look at the cards they're gorgeous it's pretty good yeah especially it's pretty good. pan pan is so sick like yeah. that yeah. texture inside the heart and like mm -hmm. they Amazing. really stepped it yeah. up in terms of the quality of the SERs as yeah. cards i think yeah. they're fantastic yeah in terms of like the concept and the composition I don't really love throwing a bunch right. of characters on one card, you know? I kind of yeah. like when a card is focused on one, maybe two. I think two cards on a character is cool. 
it's the limit for um, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two is two is the cap. <laughs> yeah. But the four characters on the card. I mean, yeah. in terms set of game seven, design, in set seven, they kind of did it correctly, I think. With uh, so assault of the yeah. Saiyans, yeah, 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 like yeah. Vegito, With the three, big yeah. in the middle, and yep. then you have two smaller characters. That's okay, I think. Yeah. But the way they did did it with set fifteen is kind of uh, a little. Yeah. Um, a little, um, I like the name of the cards. I like the card design. I think the card design mm -hmm. concept is very very cool, especially from a competitive yeah. standpoint. To have have an mm -hmm. option that a card that you know because one of the things about secret rares are like playability how can i play this of card course, what yeah. decks can i put it in and mm -hmm. there's a really wide range of playability with those cards mm -hmm. which leaves room for people to do things that are more unexpected which i think is great in terms of the health of the game so i think as card yeah. designs go i think they're great yeah. in terms of the composition and the way that they're drawn out like I think the Wicked Sands looks really cool. I'm not so mm -hmm. hyped on the uh, on the girls one that didn't really yeah. do it for me. Yeah. But yeah. I pulled me the neither. least of that one, so <laughs> I'm fine with that. Do you crack Dude. cases for every set? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crack cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> okay, so like. <laughs> why, are, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> With your yellow I, and pink uh, hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a jolly, jolly joke on the other side of the internet. I Okay, so I didn't really make much content before Nats. I really wanted to do well. And I, I trained, mm -hmm. man, I, I felt like I was studying for my dental admissions test again. I, I, I had spreadsheets. We were talking about sideboard options. I mean, I was up until six in the morning, multiple nights just grinding out games because I played a deck that didn't have any data on it. I played a deck that was playing uh -huh. cards that didn't exist in the meta that I liked, that I thought were good. And mm -hmm. that's a lot riskier than playing something that has evidence. You know, yeah. Icarus has yeah. evidence, The this all that stuff has evidence. So I kind of took something. I was like, I think these cards are good. I want to learn how to make it work. And I'm going to put so much time into making it work. And um, I'm, I'm really happy with how it all went. You know, I missed top 16 by 0.0001% of a match win, which uh, kind of sucks. But Super 17th uh, is cool. I'm into that. Yeah. I like I like 17 <laughs> as a character. So that's fine. I'll legitimize it to myself. But anyway, <laughs> when we were doing these, you know, I needed to open a ton of Sand Showdown in order to pull the stuff that I wanted. Yeah. And uh, and I had like a case that I, I just got another case and we needed to pull a couple more cards to build the mirror of my deck. So we were like looking for cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I pull I opened one box and I pulled the secret rare out of it. Yeah. And then I opened another box and I pulled a God pack out of it. Yeah. And then I opened another box and I opened a God pack out of it. And I was like, OK, I know there's a secret rare in this box. Yeah. So I was like, I was training with my buddy, Johnny. I was like, Johnny, I'm live streaming this. So I like turn on the live stream. I'm like, I'm going to pull a secret rare right now. And I like put the camera down. I open a pack and the first pack that I open the secret rare. It's like a 24 second live stream titled, I'm going to pull a secret rare right now. And I just, I turn it, and it says it was live. You know, I just, I turn the camera around. I don't think people understand like what actually happened. Like I literally pulled one pack out, ripped it open, pulled four million like magic out. Right and I was there, like, man. that's how you pull a secret rare. All right, peace. Like I'm going to go back to training. It was like, it was like 3.45 in the morning. We were like, it's just like mad. It's, totally totally ridiculous but that was uh i don't think i'll ever reach that tier with live streaming ever again that was like i, don't, I was I doing don't the math so, on it it's you like beat, 0. 0.06 percent chance that something like that could happen it's uh, insanely low <laughs> pretty wild
Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> really crazy. But you can deduce and, that uh, sort of thing. And, like and, I knew it was going to be in that stack, you know. And I was like, even if I open right. like ten packs right. on stream and pull a secret, oh yeah, like, yeah, that's wild, you know. Right. Yeah. It's literally the first the pack. First <laughs> <laughs> but okay, there's something actually interesting there that I think goes outside of it just being like dumb luck. Like there is luck in these things, and there is chance. But there's something weird in card games, man. Like, I, do you do you play many games? Are you much of a gamer at all? Not at all. Okay, so like, yeah. I play a lot of games. I love yeah. games. I play a lot of fighting games. I play a lot of console mm. games. I play a lot of like whatever game. I'll try it out. Yeah. With Dragon Ball Super, like, there's this weird thing where it's not just <clears throat> card games have been around for a really really long time. And there's a lot of weird, not trading card games, but, you know, like tarot cards yeah. and just like like a deck of 52 cards. Like mm -hmm. this is and even in like ancient Egypt, there were there were cards They're They're very, very old, old card games. This goes back way, way, way far. And <clears throat> the thing you, we were talking about, like, you know, knowing that we don't know kind of thing. Yeah, there is. I believe there is a lot about the human experience that we cannot understand from a Western perspective of modern medicine. Mm -hmm. I studied a lot of, um, have you heard of Qigong? Yeah. So I, when I was in college, I went to this very esoteric college that was basically like a summer camp for hippies. And, um, <laughs> all my friends were like, dude, you gotta take this Qigong class, man. It's like, so chill. It's like, you know, like get in touch with the universe and stuff. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I sit down in this first class and the professor basically explains Dragon Ball Z to me. He's basically like Dragon Ball Z is real. Like, he didn't say that, but this is what I hear, right? I'm watching it and everything he's explaining. I'm like, this is this how is a Kamehameha movie, yeah. works. This is how like all of this work. Like you're telling me that there is some ancient method of study that legitimizes all this stuff that I fantasized about since I could breathe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right? So I got deep, man. I got super deep into Qigong. Like I, I, I formed three more classes at my college. You can make a petition for a class to form yeah. another class. And I was like, I just want to keep learning more and more. And I got like way into it, man, way into it to the point where like I was doing weird stuff. I was like moving things without touching them. I was like pushing chi up people's arms, like push, like, and they were people freaking out. And, and there was one day where my brother and I were hanging out and I was trying to, he was trying to explain something to me. And I was like, that's not how it works. Like, this is how the universe works. Like, I understand it. I did. I've experienced all these things. Like I, and he was like, dude, listen to yourself. Are you serious right now? It's like, you want to be a doctor and you're going to talk to people like this? Are you dumb? <laughs> like, what are you thinking? And at that point I realized like, okay, I've gotten so deep into this world that I've actually like moved outside of reality and <laughs> functioning in a space now that is like not relatable to the grand majority of people. Like this actually is kind of dangerous. And at that point, I really like reeled things in. But since then, I'm in touch with some weird stuff, man. Like there are things <laughs> that I pick up on that I'm just like, all right, what the heck? And I really, really felt it when I was building this deck for Nats because this was like, okay, you know, I like blue and yellow. I played mm -hmm. blue and yellow soul striker. I've literally been playing soul striker since it was printed. I love that leader. He's never been quite strong enough, but now I think it's the best deck in the game. And as I built that deck, I literally dumped more creative energy into that deck than I've dumped into anything in a really long time. And I make a lot of stuff, man. I make tons and tons of things. 
but the amount of like creative flow that went into streamlining that deck in a way that it could keep up with every single thing that was in the meta connected me with that deck in a way where I swear, man, when I needed a card, the deck just gave it to me. Right. And I, and, and it may be like in my head, I knew, okay, I have four of these in my hand. I have this many cards in my deck. There's this much of a chance that I might draw into it if I use this effect, right? There's probably some place where I kind of knew that. But at the same time, there's weird stuff that happened. Like I was testing with my friend. I had two, I had two life left. I had one card in hand. He hit me once and he hit hatch into my hand. And then it was like, he just couldn't win because I just hatched in one. And it's like little things like this that they just like shouldn't happen, but they did. And it happened at Nats also. I would on stream when I was playing David Fujimara, I was like, I was like, I need this card right now. And if I pull it, I'm nasty. And I pulled it. (laughs) And it just like, it would like come to me. And, And there's this weird thing about cards where like, have you ever been opening a bunch of packs and you start thinking about a card and then it shows up? Has that ever, it did happen to you because I saw it happen with two cards out of French booster packs. Okay. So I know, all right, all right. You can't See, even argue me I was, I was, I was uh, starting to make a point like, dude, I don't open packs cause that's gambling. And then I was like, <laughs> and then I was like thinking of two days ago where I was playing. I was, I was, I, the one, the one time I open a box and I'm like, dude, I want, I just want two cards, and I keep, I keep saying in the video, dude, I want two cards. I want the awakened power and the sick Goku. I want the awakened power that, and the okay. sick Goku. Those, those are odds, the two cards that I pull out of eight packs. That is, that's insane. That, that's insane. That's insane. That's. There's something here, man, and you know, and it's not even just like there. And are... you know what? You know what? I'm gonna because, because uh, the thing is these these things have been stored in my closet for for 20 months you know uh-huh. and um and and i've always said i've always said i'm never gonna open them because th- there's no point right, right. There's, there's no point man i open i open boxes yeah. and i get sure. bullshit you know i get just sure. srs you know? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I just get i just get srs i'm I, I always thought like dude i've opened two three boxes pulled never never pulled anything that's it you're right that's it and um and that day you know i um you know, I, I worked. It's it's like six thirty p.m. My my girlfriend is out for a few more hours, and I'm like, dude, I'm bored. Uh, you know, maybe. And I and and my 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 closet just happened to be open, and I saw that case of of uh, of packs, and I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm you know you know I'm just gonna do it. And I some for some reason I felt pulled towards towards those yeah. packs. I swear, for some reason it just just occurred to me. Suddenly I was like. It's huh. because I'm gonna those, open some packs. it's Let's because go. those and cards they... weren't actually in those packs until your door opened. <laughs> and then Schrodinger's cat went outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> man, I, I have to say that it was a pretty damn weird experience. Yeah, it is. And and, I, and, and and it's hard and especially being somebody that studies so much evidence that understands how, you know, you can control things and look at them objectively. It's weird, dude. It's totally weird. And like the way that certain things line up, I think it's more just if you open yourself up to them. If you're willing to take that chance, if you're willing to draw that card, if you're willing to pay two energy for that effect, whatever it is, those things are not going to happen if they don't have the opportunity to happen. And I think that's actually a really nice, like full circle point in terms of just talking about this game as a whole. There's so much toxicity 
and doubt that exists in card games, especially because everybody wants their idea to be the best. Everybody wants to be the one that breaks this thing or everybody wants to be the one that came up with this idea that now everybody does it. And this is the new standard, whatever. Everybody wants to have mm-hmm. a, a, a two months out of the year named after them, whatever. But you know, it, it, it really comes down to um, <clears throat> having the openness to do these things and give it a chance and that allows people to come together a lot more is is taking these opportunities and um and i think you know taking a chance just to click on somebody's video and see what is it you know i have people i have people post videos in all of the things that i that i'm in right i watch every single one of those videos i don't watch them start to end don't get me wrong but i watch the things that i think are important and if I see potential in what a person's doing, I hit that FaceTime button, man. You know how many times I FaceTimed you already? Man, I, I just do it. I'm I like, just I, I just FaceTime people. And you know, and, and I'm like in between they... calls consultations. And, and I'm like, I'm just gonna check Instagram and then just suddenly FaceTime you. I'm like, what the fucking hell is going on, bro? I'm working, man. I'm working, man. What the fuck? <laughs> the Joku FaceTime. That's uh yeah, but um but I mean, you know, there's a number of people that I've reached out to personally and I'm, I'm like, hey, look, it's great that you're doing this. This is how you can make it better. You can do this thing. 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 And you can choose to do it or you can choose to not do it. But if you want to uplift this game, if you want to make better content, you should listen to me because I don't think I'm the best at this. I still have room to grow, but I recognize that this can be better. And if you don't recognize that it can't be better, then you're not going to get better. And that's Absolutely. just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's true yeah it comes back to the point that we said like we need to 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 yeah to get our content better just uh absolutely and to be honest i i think i think that generally speaking you have uh you have people that are pretty damn talented you know yeah uh, for for content creation and and uh, i'm definitely not one of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely not one of them and i, and I um you know Content creation on itself takes takes a lot of a lot more energy out of me than I would have wanted. Um, sure. And sure. I don't have ambition, so it's it's not like, bro, I want my you know super players have thirty thousand followers uh, subscribers on, on YouTube. I want at least ten thousand. You know, if they can do it, I can do it too. No, I mean, I mean, what the hell? They've been there for since the, since the start. There are two of them. They're passionate. They're uh, sure. they're pretty damn. I I think they're they're. Yeah, they're talented. I think. Yeah, they put time and, um, into it. and they, they put, put a lot of time and work into post production. Right? You know, they they have a thing going. Absolutely. Right. I try to support the community the best I can. Right. But uh, we we're definitely gonna need bigger and better content sure. creators in, Ab- in this absolutely, field. Absolutely, man. No, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but I but I uh, think that you know something as simple as what we're doing right now going over the things yeah. that we're talking about it makes yeah. a wave. it makes a splash it makes a wave and and actually oh, yeah. on that note about you know taking a taking a break mm-hmm. i um i told i told you the little bit about my friend coming over and showing me leon hart right mm-hmm. when he showed me that i i dove in i started making i was making three videos a week my first yeah. video took me 17 hours to make and then after that i got it down to five hours got it down right. to two hours and now yeah. i can record cut and edit a video in 45 minutes it's like clockwork yeah, that's i just that's do it good. i have everything set up i go and i'm done and that's nice, um and i need that because i have a lot of other stuff that i do so in order to be able to do this for it to be sustainable something that right. i'm doing regularly i have mm-hmm. to be able to do it in that sort yeah. of clip um 
But after I did that from about February until June, and at my birthday, I stopped. 2020 like, or 2021? 2021, 2021. Uh, yeah, I started, uh, I started doing, I started seriously new? doing. Yeah. I mean, I've been oh. making videos for a long time, but DBS content, I haven't made real DBS content. I started oh. in February and I, oh, I powerhoused. Yeah, I think people take me more seriously because they see the number and the number is, you know, higher Probably, than the average yeah. number. But in terms of actual videos for DBS, I, you know, I made one video when I was in dental school where like I ate a bunch of cards. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> what the, yeah, hell, it's a video of me like eating cards. Like, I, I love these grandpa. Oh, this tastes like grandpa. I'm like, eat a grandpa Gohan card. I've like, actually seen that video. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> but like actually making like reasonable content and like you know I decided to yeah. be myself in my videos and myself yeah. is still pretty entertaining. You know I always like was thinking in my head like oh I want to make this really entertaining character, but I think like I'm kind yeah. of already an entertaining yeah. character, so yeah, I can pro. just be yeah. me. So I started making videos in February. I made three videos a week every week until my birthday in June. June That's I insane. took the month off and I just stopped and I was like okay. I want to take some space and figure out what I'm doing here. What's my game plan? Yeah. Where am I going? Yeah. I don't want to just burn myself out. And it definitely I, seems like you've, you've found that answer now. I think so, because I came back to it and I realized, okay, there are things that I really, really enjoy. There's things that mm -hmm. like, there is a part of me that comes out in these videos and that's what people really want to see. They want to see yeah. the Joku that is so psyched to see this card that he's never seen before. And the reaction that I have to that card may make them feel like I can react to this card, even though yeah. I don't care about this card, because I know that this reaction is something that's possible. And I have those reactions because I just love the IP. I love the art. I love everything about this game. So even a card that's like a booty parallel foil, like the Tapion parallel foil from Cross Spirits, I yeah. freaking love that card. Even though it's just a parallel foil, like when I pull that card, I'm like, this is gorgeous. This is such a good looking card. And that's, I think, a level of excitement that people want to connect with. And that's yeah. the kind of excitement that I want to put out there. But that kind of excitement mm -hmm. isn't going to come out when I open a box of Cross Spirits and don't pull an SPR. Oh, and I don't want to put that yeah. out there. You know, I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to talk yeah. about like my bad pulls. Like if I'm going to, yeah. then it better be hilarious. The way yeah. in which I do it should be hilarious. I actually just made a video. I just recorded it before we got on the phone about the ugliest Dragon Ball toys I've ever seen. I was in the mall <laughs> yesterday and dude, look at this. This is like, what this, is like this? this is like, this is like, this is like a abomination. special, it is an absolute <laughs> abomination, but these were in it's, it's packages. Like beefy trunks. I mean, yeah. There's like, I, I literally, I, I, I was wearing my commando boots. I had $60 shoved in my commando boots and this woman was selling these toys and she was, I was like, how much for all of them? And she was like 60. And I was like, that's ridiculous. That's exactly how much I have. I hate myself. I'm buying all of these, and, Why the but, but this, dude, look at this one. This is the real, this is like, Oof. this is, this is like a re really something special, but I Creepy think that clown even, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is, I'll be posting this video in a, in a week or so, but it's, uh, there's something that like, you can even get excited about things that look awful, you know, like, and, and I think it's the excitement is what makes me like doing content. 
it's that like wow factor of my eyes light up, right? I wanted to record my reaction to opening those parallel foils on camera because I saw all these pictures of them. I had an idea of what they look like. Yeah. But dude, in person, those cards look like crazy that that and and you can never really capture it with the video you can only show oh, no. so much yeah. and yeah. you know i really try Definitely. to show the mm-hmm. best i can i think mm-hmm. i do a pretty good job compared to the majority of people your videos are, are pretty cards. good man. Yeah. um thank you so i you know like it's a combination of what that looks like the feeling i get mm-hmm. and being able to share that and say because a lot of times when people are opening packs you know you're opening them at home and all these feelings are contained and then you're so excited about this thing and like who do you share it with you know you go to your like brother and you're like hey look at this cool card and they're like go away or like you go to your wife and you're like can you believe like i got this thing and they're like are you gonna put the dishes away like like, great is there's trash still full because like <laughs> the cat litter is still dirty, you know. Yeah, you know, it's like that's all great. I'm glad you got this little shiny piece of cardboard. This is good for you. You know, you're doing great, Doc. Oh, but like, what about vacuuming? <laughs> you know, yeah, when does that yeah. when does that happen? But um, but yeah, I think you know, finding those things that really bring you joy and and that bringing that light out in you. You know, I could watch that video of you pulling those cards 30 times. I, I, I could. It's, it's great. It's like, I didn't even know what like to a, say, man. I was like, dude, yeah. You know, like your astonishment and like, it's so authentic. It's so real, you know? Yeah. And that was actually one of the things. My, Maybe my I should bro- start opening products. <laughs> if you do, you're going to have to get cases. It's the only way you guarantee you'll pull something hot or else you're just pulling SPRs. <laughs> I never open product, you know? I really? Never, I never open product. I always buy my card singles as singles, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. definitely the efficient way to do it. But yeah. there, is, there yeah. is a thrill that comes along with opening cards. And, yeah. and I do have to give Bandai credit in the Unison Warrior block. Getting two SPRs in a box, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Some of the SPRs are trash. Don't get me wrong. But I I have a feeling this next set is going to be a pretty fun set to open. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. But but there's something like I was saying, you know, my uh, my brother and my dad have both been my greatest critics. Um, They really, really give me a hard time about the things that I do, admittedly so, which is maybe why I do them even more forcefully. But me making content for this game was actually one of the first things they ever like really supported and we're like hey i think you're onto something here this is cool you know and if you're gonna do it you should do it right and if you're gonna do it right you should really think about what you're doing don't just do it because i have a tendency to just like you'll notice sometimes with my videos there'll be like two minutes of silence at the beginning randomly or like uh, like the music will be too loud and I have to like delete it off the internet. Cause I don't even proof this stuff. I just like slam it together and like poop it on the internet. You know, I'm just like, bleh, bleh. I want to go, I want to go build a deck. I need to get this video out there. Right. So like I'll just pump content out. But at the beginning, you know, I really, really was focusing on, okay, why are people watching these videos? Right. And I have, I would talk to some of my patients about it actually. And they're like, why does somebody want to watch you open cards? Like, what is the, what's the appeal? Right but there's something there. There's this biological thing, right? This dopamine release of like the people that know what's there. 
they want to see, right? I want to know if somebody's going to open something good in a, in a video. I don't care what they're opening. And if the banter is good enough that when they open a Vidal card, they can make a joke that entertains me. I actually want to see them open that Vidal card also. Yeah. You know, so I think that there's layers to this thing that we're doing because it's not just gaming. It's not, you know, us playing a video game and showing, you know, this is how you do this combo watch and I can like meme and shit post while I do it. And, you know, everybody like laughs and I like zoom into my face and go like this and like get more subscribers, you know, like there's something we're touching on that's like deep in the psyche <laughs> that <laughs> these cards exist there. And we're kind of like poking at that with the way that we do this thing. And I think if it's done properly, I think I'm still far, far off. I think I have a lot of room to grow. I lit I just got, I just got this new light. This light's really great, and I got a tripod, and I'm nice. actually like doing things, you know, a little bit more. I got, I got a microphone. You know, I, I made some investments with the money that I made over these months to, uh, to actually invest in the channel and, and up the pro quality a little bit. But I think, you know, it goes to show that when I started, I was literally just using an iPhone and an old phone, like a super old phone for a face cam and my iPhone. Oh, yeah. And people like the videos and they work well, but you yeah. can keep stepping them up. You know, you can keep augmenting yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. So I actually also, uh, you know, I took, I took a break because, because I, I also didn't really know where I was going. You know, I was mm -hmm. uh, recording one podcast a week, which takes so much time. I mean, I, I put so much time in my, on my podcast. I was, uh, you know, posting Instagram posts every day, and uh, one to two videos a week uh, for uh, for YouTube, and that 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 was way too much, man. That was yeah. way too much, and yeah. so I actually got disgusted at some point. I stopped, and uh, coming back, you know, I I I um, yeah, I um, I kind of did the opposite of you, <laughs> right? You you came back inspired and uh, and knowing what you want to do, and uh, and me, I'm like. You know what? I I still don't know what I, what I want, and I uh, and if I feel like it, I will record an ep an episode, and if I don't feel like it, I won't. And uh, and I think um, there's a lot of I think you, know, you that you do know, and I think you just said it right. It's not oh, yeah. necessarily the drive to feel that you need to do something. It's what you want to do. Exactly. You know. Um, yeah. In, in my professional life, I come back from burnout, like complete burnout. You know, COVID hit, um, yeah. working 70 hours a week. Turns out it's not really for me, you know, uh, for yeah. 10 months, 10 months, seven hours a week. That's, you know, anybody would crash, I guess. But uh, yeah, totally. I definitely did. And, uh, and, and, and uh, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, forcing yourself to do stuff, you know, and uh, that mm -hmm. only works for, uh, for a period of time. And, and, and really there's no benefit to that, uh, usually, yeah. uh, or Absolutely. only short term and long term, you, you can, sometimes you regret it. And so here I, I, I was feeling myself really having to force myself to go, uh, do another episode because, uh, here we go. It's almost Friday again. And Friday is the day that I post my, uh, my videos. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah. Now, now I'm kind of more free flowing, I guess. And I hope that reflects, uh, itself in, the in, in the content as well. Yeah, uh, sure. Because, you know, if you have to force yourself, you, the energy isn't there. Absolutely. Um, most and, definitely, you know, uh, so and like, like you said, you're doing oh, it no, not at for, all. The, for yeah. the passion that you have in this Absolutely. thing, you know, and, and the passion is going to be driven 
when something comes out, you know, you're going to be sure. more excited to do content when the God rare gets revealed. You know, you're going to want to talk about that. There is whether you're excited about it, whether you're mad about it, whatever it is, it's going to make you feel something. And when people feel things, they do things, you know, well, so it's I a think second, like uh, right before our call, I also uh, made a video because I, I received a package and I knew what card was inside. And it's it's a pretty big deal for me, for, for me and my collection. I purchased uh, a BGS 10 SS4 Goku SCR from uh, Crossworlds. Oh, sick. So it's tree. The secret rare set three, man. That's that's one of my favorite secret rares, and uh, getting a BGS ten copy of that was, uh, you know, I didn't know it was on my goals list until I uh, I saw it up yeah. for sale. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty big deal. I was really excited about it, and uh, you know, I recorded a video, and it turns out it's already the second video this year, uh, this week, and I'm uh, recording this. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it's because so, uh, it's exciting for you, you know. Right. So it, it definitely. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think that's something to focus in on is like, what do I actually care about? And yeah. you don't want to miss those opportunities also, you know, because I very well could have just opened oh, that yeah. package of those parallel oh, foils, yeah. looked at them, been like, ooh, and then stuck them in my binder. You right. Know, but... And I, I felt the same about uh, opening those blister packs as well. I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm just, I, I don't need to record this. And I, you know what? Maybe I'm going to record this. Yeah, yeah, and then was when you do, wife, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She just came in and said hello down the stairs. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, yeah, because uh, you, you you told me uh, that your your father and your uh, your brother are pretty supportive of yeah. this hobby for you, right? Yeah. How does your wife feel about it? Uh, <laughs> a variety of ways. <laughs> um, I'm a very easily distracted person yeah. um i think like if i chose to uh get medicated for it i probably could pitch that argument in a way yeah, um, I but uh i see it, for me i'm lucky that I, I think that's that you know distraction is a spectrum and i think i'm somewhere on the spectrum where i'm able to control it mm -hmm. so um you know when i first get into something it'll become all-consuming. If I get a video game I really like, I'll be up all the time playing it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my fiancé and I have been together for seven years. Yeah. Um, and uh, after the first two years of a relationship, something changes where the person that you're with isn't always <laughs> right about everything. They aren't infallible. They aren't, you know... The, yeah. the perfect ideal angel that yeah. you both thought each other were. You start to become yeah. people. Yeah. And um, it can be easy to, you know, forget how important you are to each other sometimes when you're so focused on something that you care about. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm aware of my tendency to get mm -hmm. sucked into something. Mm -hmm. And it definitely takes active work for me yeah. to balance my to time, yeah. to put it down, put it away. And something I've actually found that's really helpful is – a lot of times when I'm excited about something in my head, I'm like, she doesn't care about this that much. But what she does care about is when I'm excited about something. So what I've found is helpful is, you know, I'm sure it sounds like you're in relationship as well. Yeah, um, I have a fiance. We're getting married yeah. uh, 28th of January. So congratulations. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, Thanks, man. 
we uh you know quality time is an important thing to connect with your partner Absolutely. you know time that Very you have important. that you're not thinking about whatever thing it is that you're into and you can both focus on each other and interact and appreciate that you know you mm -hmm. love each other and are yeah. actually going to be spending your life with each other so yeah. having the ability to package stuff up put it away mentally and then interact and one of the things i found that's helpful is actually if there's something that's circling in my mind i'm like okay I need like Kefla's effects are just going to get negated if I play her and this card's on board. So how do I negate that card skill? Oh, I can play this card that makes that card skillless. Right. And I have that in my head and I have to say it out loud. So I have to say like, Hey, I know like we're on date night tonight, but I have to tell you this idea and it doesn't matter if you understand it. But if once I say it out loud, it's not in my head anymore. Right. And then I, I do, I do the same. I just write it down on my phone. But yeah. I, I do basically the same. I'm like, wait a second, because I'm thinking of something and uh, I, I I write it down and then I can go on with my day. But yeah. I, I, I do basically same the same. Same kind of concept. So yeah. I think like, you know, for her, I think she's very excited that I'm so passionate about this and that's like exciting yeah. for me. But when it starts, com when she feels like she has to compete for my attention, that's not a fun yeah. thing for a partner to yeah. do. You know, it's kind yeah. of icky and, and I, I understand that. And that's something yeah. that I think, you know, there's a balance with all these things yeah. and you can tell yourself, you know, if you're a person listening to this and you're in a relationship and you're like, Oh, my wife just doesn't understand or whatever. It's not like, it's not that they don't understand. Like they just like you more than they like the game. And yeah. sometimes there are moments where you're going to like the game more than you like them because <laughs> you're arguing or you want to figure this thing out or you want to collect this thing. But you have to remember that like the game isn't a person, it's a thing. And the person is a lot more important. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and getting my to a fiance place will, can... uh, my fiance will say, uh, yeah, it seems like you love your course more than me, but, uh, I mean, I understand it's, it's and, and it's again, in that situation where you say like, she, she needs to compete with right. uh, with those cards to get your attention so absolutely yeah and it's a shitty yeah. feeling for them you know you, you yeah. and the same and the same you know it's very easy to it's very easy at the beginning of a relationship to make somebody right all the time about everything they're right they're perfect yeah, they're beautiful yeah, they're everything yeah, yeah. they're my whole universe they're my world yeah. and then you know all your then, attention goes to and then them. you know they start seeing the hair around the sink and you know like all the you know the brush that hasn't been cleaned and whatever it is you know you become human beings to each other and then once that happens it's like yeah. you know you people are like okay if i had to go and live with my like brother and mom and dad right now it would be the worst. Like I, I was fine growing up with them, but there comes a point in time where like you just kind of become your own mess and your best <laughs> ability to keep yourself together. Like if you can find a person that's willing to tolerate that for the rest of their life, good for you. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think there's some value in that, uh, in that interaction. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a balance, you know, she, she tolerates. So uh, in short, in short, she tolerates it. Uh, but you kind of need to, you kind of need to, there's gotta you know, be some boundaries around put it, it down at some point. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and I feel the same. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and she, and there'll be times where we can act, you know, I'll be really excited about something. I'm like, Hey, like, I want to talk about this, you know? And, and I actually taught, I actually learned how to play the game with her originally. Cause we oh, bought really? a bunch of boxes at Comic-Con and I brought them back and me, her, and two of my friends from dental school, we all started building decks and playing with each other. So she actually knows how to play the game. And when we, we went to Iceland together and I brought some of the simple decks that I made, 
and we played and she kicked my ass and it was like awesome and she was like you let me win and i was like no like i played you know how to play this game it was actually really yeah, fun that's like, pretty I, impressive I, I'm glad to lose to you any day of the week in this game. I bet know? she regrets the moment that she uh, bought some decks with you for the first time. Like, <laughs> God damn it, if that day didn't happen. If that day never happened, you know. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, she's super, super accepting and supportive. And, you know, right. with me, like in my life and the way that I am, I, I've been in enough relationships to know that if like there are so many parts of me that it's impossible for somebody to be on board with everything and that's okay it's called it's called being a human being you know and like if i if i want to spend my life with a person then i need to learn how to like package some of that sometimes and 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 then i can get back to it there's more time you know but um but balance and all these things is super super important and, and the other thing is you know these things can get very, very addictive. And when you're oh, my, yeah. when you, you know, when you are a driven person that wants to succeed in something and, and this kind of addictive personality starts coming out around these things, it, um, it becomes a lot less fun for the people that actually care about you. Cause most people don't want to hear about this and you can talk about it with your friends and stuff, but it's really important to be able to maintain that ability to connect with the people that are important in your life and not isolate yourself through this thing that you're obsessed with. Basically like the way I was with yeah, Qigong in college you know yeah it, it really is if you game for for 10 hours a day it's uh, it's yeah. probably a little bit too much right yeah a little bit, <laughs> a little yeah, bit. So, uh, uh but yeah absolutely and i and i felt that as well like when uh when i discovered dbs i i, I really fell down the rabbit hole man like uh, yeah I, I saw i saw a video of rhyme style pulling the the, the, the victory strike goku and i'm like holy shit there are cards about uh, dbs what how, yeah. how don't I know this? <laughs> and, yeah. and, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, and, and man, I fell down this rabbit hole and, uh, and I didn't put my phone down for six months or so because I was always on eBay. I was always on Instagram. I was researching and, and, and yeah. buying and, and, and selling and, and not selling actually, I just purchased. Uh, so <laughs> buying all the time and I didn't put my phone down for six months not, with no end. And, uh, and that was pretty annoying with my girlfriend. Thank Yeah. Thanks for I'm way more balanced now, but, uh, yeah, yeah. And it, it takes yeah. some perspective and it takes some understanding. It's really and, addictive. Know, yeah. It's really you know? addictive. Yeah. Dude, people can suck ourselves included more than anyone else. Like, you, oh yeah, we all know how much we suck more yeah. than anybody else, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, but, what it's, one would but it's important to recognize those things in light of what you like about yourself and how you can actually, you know, exist and function normally you know right. there'll be times where like for the two for the two weeks before nats i think i talked to every single one of my patients about yeah i'm going to play in the dragon ball super <laughs> card game national championship i should not have been talking to them about that this is not their business like they don't need to know that i'm competing in a card game while They're i'm like, also providing yeah, yeah. like clean my teeth <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> clean my teeth and shut up <laughs> exactly yeah this is nasty new car it's like it's blue you know arrival like a bottom deck anything ignoring barrier it's crazy like what you Are know you like, like when you go to the hairdresser and the hairdresser is way too chatty and you're like you just want to <laughs> you just want to you know sit down in quiet and peace and uh get your hair done <laughs> yeah i'm that hairdresser People, people have found me on Facebook <laughs> mm -hmm. by interacting in Facebook groups. So people know me on Facebook, but that's pretty damn it. That, that's it, right? I don't want my face to be on YouTube for that exact reason, right? Because 
yeah, I don't want yeah, to, to keep to them be, separate. I, I want to keep this completely separate. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be totally. mixed up. I have already enough patients that stalk me on in, on on Facebook, even mm-hmm. though I've changed my name on Facebook because I've I've used some type of abbreviation, right? Instead of my full name, I used mm-hmm. to have my full name, and I got got stalked by all 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 the patients. It's insane. Yeah. So. How do you how do you go about this? Because you're so open to it about your, with, with your patients. That's insane. That to me, like I, I talk to other healthcare providers that are in our community, and 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 they're like, no, no way that I'm getting my face out there. No way that I put my name out there. This is completely separate, and it should should remain so. I'm That's, actually moving in a direction where I'm separating things a little bit more. But right. that being said. I've accepted that I'm just too easy to find. You know, it, it, there is like, if you look up John Tall, there's only yeah. one John Tall that's yeah. going to come up. There's yeah. not like, you know, yeah. five people with my name. I'm the only idiot with my name on this planet <laughs> and that's it. So if you want to find me, you can you find me. Yeah. And kind of what my approach is actually as a doctor is I really try and... <clears throat> kind of get on people's levels. I really want people, my patients to recognize my fallibility and I approach my patients in a way where, you know, I don't make them call me doctor. If they want, if that makes them feel more comfortable, that's fine with me. Um, you know, I, I talk about problems from a perspective which I can associate with them and say, you know, I've experienced these things. These are, these are real life things. And one of the things that I think is probably, I think that the thing that helps me most with my patients is when I walk in the room, I'm wearing these psychedelic pants and a Kung Fu shirt. And I have my, you know, my hair's in a bun. And they're like, who the hell is this guy? Like, what it, what is going on, right? And then I sit down and I start talking to them and I'm really relatable. And I'm able to build a lot of trust in that. And then once I start working on them, they're like, I've never experienced anything like this in a dental setting ever before. This guy's hands are amazing. He does amazing quality work. He understands me. He listens to me. I don't just go in and clean people's teeth. I do everything for my patients. I clean their teeth. I educate them. I spend time with them talking about everything because my approach is I don't want them to have problems. I make money off their problems and I tell them that. I say, hey, look, you don't take care of yourself. You're putting money in my pocket. But I would rather you put an addition on your house than buy me a fancier golf cart for me to run around town. You know, because it's true. I drive a golf cart around town. I'm, <laughs> I'm a maniac when it comes to that stuff. But I'm, I'm outrageously myself, and I can't stop yeah. myself from doing it. And I've learned yeah. that there is no way for me to run away from this. And if I did, if this got my career canceled, I'd do something else. I, there are enough things for me to do that I'm happy doing that if dentistry got pulled out from my life, it would suck. I worked really, really hard for it, but I can make pants. I can make anything. I can make YouTube videos. I can go to Japan and hang out with my sumo friend and just take care of him for the rest of his life. Like I got options, man. You know, there's not like, this isn't my every, I didn't put all my eggs in this basket. I put most of my right. eggs in this basket right. and I like this basket. Yeah. But um, I feel like, you know, when I went to, when I applied to dental school, I got in by the enamel of my teeth literally <laughs> skin on my teeth got me into dental school same i i applied to 50 schools Oof. i got interviews at two schools 
And I was good. I was in the 95th percentile on my dental admission test. I had a 3.6 GPA in college. I was a good student, I, but I didn't look like a dental student on paper. So people didn't want to interview me. And I was like ready to be done with the whole dental thing. You know, I was making clothes. I was surrounded by beautiful women all the time, making them clothes. It was like this great lifestyle. I was like, dad, I, I was talking to him on the beach one day. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this dental thing. You know, like I got like, He's like, this is so much fun. I'm like partying all the time, making clothes, like got all this cool stuff on me. And he's like, dude, don't be an asshole. Like you'd work so hard for this. Like at least try, you know, because if you don't want to do it, then you can go do this other stuff, whatever. But if you work this hard to try for this and then you don't do it, like that's dumb, man, you know? So, so I ended up applying the school. I went, I went for an interview at NYU and I hated it. And I went for an interview at this place called Midwestern University. And I almost didn't go for the interview because I auditioned for Project Runway the weekend before. And I made, you know, the guy, Tim Gunn, that's on that show. He's like the main like host. I have but I got no the, clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Have you have you heard of Project Runway? It's a it's an American TV show where it's like, um, have you seen like the great British baking show or anything like that where they have people on, it's like regular day people that like do this thing, right? Project yeah, Runway is yeah. about like designers. Yeah. Yeah. So they bring these designers nice. on and then they all compete with each other to like make this thing. And there's like nice. this like very effeminate. Uh, so you auditioned. Sexual... I auditioned and the, and the main like host of it is like this very aggressive, um, very effeminate guy. And uh, <laughs> he he basically told me like my my art was stupid and <laughs> I just totally shit on him with like my because I studied how to defend my art. You know, I went to school for it. Yeah. And there's a real thesis behind what I did. I, I literally wrote a thesis on my clothes and how yeah. they affect people and what I'm doing by wearing the stuff I'm doing. This is not yeah. just, I'm not just fucking around. Like I understand what I'm doing on a yeah. very deep psychological level to the extent where I understand what's happening with the interaction and individuals around me, where society is at and how the things I'm doing can impact society in a positive way. Yeah. So I just totally shit on him. And he was like, I don't think you're right for the show. Like, <laughs> I, and I was like, yeah, because I just made you sound like an idiot. Like, of course you don't want me on your show because I'm smart and you can't make me sound like a dumbass. So like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends in LA peace. So <laughs> the weekend after I had an interview <laughs> at this dental school and I was like ready to be done with this. You know, I, I walked in, I was wearing like a blue jacket with my pins all over. I had my hair braided. I was wearing a shiny tie that I made like iridescent material. And I sit down and the guy that is interviewing me, he's like, all right, dude, like I'm cutting right to it. Okay. You know, I did a Google, I did a Google search on you and like, you've got some other stuff going on. Like, why do you want to be a dentist? And I looked at him and kind of smiled and I was like, well, uh, I really like jokes. And his face just dropped. He had a fourth year student next to him. He looks at him like this asshole, you know, it's really competitive to get these interviews, you know, like kids work their whole lives to get these interviews. And he's like, and you tell me you want to be a dentist because you like jokes. And I was like, no, but in all seriousness, man, like, you know, like I I've been working in my mom's office for a really long time. I've seen a lot of patients that have come in that are so unhappy with their smile that they won't even laugh at a joke and the ability to restore somebody's smile and restore somebody's emotional state. That's, I think one of the coolest things that you can do in life. And he was like, that's amazing. man." He's that's, like, you're in. <laughs> he just basically like let me run. That's in. amazing. But um, but it's it's also true in that like that this whole thing, this whole brand, you know, Joku, it's because I like jokes, you know. 
I'm sorry, man. I want to give you my undivided attention, but I have two <laughs> Bengals at home, and they are they they yeah they are loud and they are they they need some attention, you know. And, and no, it, no worries, I, I'm man. here in the kitchen because there, there's where my internet connection is the best, okay. and, uh, and they just hang out around, around me. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, that yeah, was so, a great hook. I would also have taken you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's as cheesy as it is. It's honest and it's true. Yeah. And I think there's something about that with me that like there's, you know, everything I do is kind of like borderline cringe. Like if you don't know me and you haven't interacted with me, you're like, I don't like buy. Do what I this want to associate with that you know, person? Like, or, wanna, uh, yeah. You know, like what the hell? What's going on? Like, am I putting myself at risk? But at the end of the day, like. I literally just get up to make people smile. I love laughing. I think laughing is the most exciting part of my day. And if I can get somebody to crack a smile, they can even be laughing at me. I'm okay with that. I don't take things personally. Because at the end of the day, I go to sleep with you know my what's in my head. I don't have to think about what all these other people thought about. But if I made a positive impact on the world around me, people are smiling and I'm having a good time. And they get to laugh at this funny hat. And I think it looks cool as heck doesn't matter <laughs> it, really, it really doesn't matter <laughs> you know and then some people like really get it you know some people are like dog you gotta have a bucket behind you because this drip is making a mess you know and i'm like I feel it man <laughs> i feel it <laughs> it's funny at nats you know like my friend i uh i wanted to take more content for nationals um so I invited my friend Steve with me who does video work for a university here. And uh, I contacted my friends at Bandai because I know that nobody that didn't have an invite could be let into the convention center. So yeah. I asked him, I was like, hey, is there a way that I could get my friend in if he's going to do video work? And he was basically like, oh, well, we can't send anybody to do video work. So he could basically do video work for us. So Steve ended up like working for Bandai essentially at the event, which was awesome. And he took like amazing wow. footage. but. When I'm going back and watching that footage, it's like I am just like this beacon of like shininess in like every in every clip. It's like you look around, it's like, oh yeah, there's Joku, there's yeah. Joku, there's that hat. He's like, I had a I had a fanny pack that I I put like like I bedazzled it with like gems and stuff. It's just like so shiny. I had that like crazy jersey, you know. And, and sometimes I think to myself, I, I was actually talking to Steve about this yesterday. We were driving to locals and I was like, dude, I was like, I was like cracking up. He's like, what are you laughing about? It's like, I was just like trying to think about like what it must be like to see me in person for the whole first time. And like how hilarious that actually is. If you're open to just like laughing at how like ridiculous what I'm doing is, you know, because I really want to be like, like if I'm walking a line, and the line I'm walking is on the top of a mountain. And if I were to fall off that mountain, like one side I fall on is hilarious. And one side I fall on is like really cool. I'd rather fall on the hilarious side, but always have the potential to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I want to exist. Yeah, the difference of being ridiculous, hilarious versus really cool is, is very, very tiny, you know? It is. There, it's, it's very, very tiny. And I think I think the difference is, um wearing it um do you wear it authentically or not right i think if you wear it authentically Bingo. then you're very cool if you if you <laughs> if you if you're not convinced yourself then you just right. you just look ridiculous if you're, like, doing you're just it, a clown if you're doing it because no. everybody else is doing it if you're doing it because yeah. that's what's cool yeah. to do at the time because honestly my first my first impression is like 
this dude is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I what love the that. Freaking hell, is you doing? Thank you. And, I, and then, <laughs> then you go on your Instagram and you're like, this dude just doesn't have normal clothes. I think. <laughs> I think. I think he goes to the. Gro- I think. I think he goes to the groceries with these clothes, you know. I th- yeah, I think I do. he wakes up and he has he opens his closet, he has nothing else. So I think I, I think this, this oh, guy is just like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for this guy. He has, he has no normal pants. <laughs> what a shame. Because you know, you're, at first, at first, you're like, this this guy tries to pr- portray himself in a very weird way. You're like, right. I'm not sure what he's trying to 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 convince me to to do, but uh, it, I'm 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 not on board with this. It's really weird. Because you know, I'm I'm raised in a super conventional sense, you know, and uh-huh. and seeing people doing this, it's like. Uh, okay, like um, you know, there's like in- instinctively there's something going on when when you see something is someone going completely against the flow, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and it's you, it's, a, it's and, biological, actually. Right? You know, we're and, we're and you programmed feel... to protect people that look like us. Right, right. You yeah. you you think like this this guy is gonna get killed or something? He's gonna <laughs> die. He's gonna die in the corner of a street somewhere behind. You know, some so, right. <laughs> Because you you go completely <laughs> against the flow, right? You're 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 not you're not included in the tribe, right? Or you don't you, you cannot uh, eat eat with the rest, right? You don't have shelter. You're gonna die. You have no women. You're you're gonna die, right? But but you know we're in the 21st century and yeah, things like well, this are okay. Think, but uh, you know I think a big part of that actually for me comes from Dragon Ball. Weirdly enough, um, you think because, so? Because yeah, well, <clears throat> so my mom's from India. My dad's Jewish. To okay. be Hindu, your dad's supposed to be Hindu. To be Jewish, your mom's supposed to be Jewish. So yeah. when I was a kid in like middle school, there were all these people that were talking about, you know, I'm going to church, I'm going to Hebrew school, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't, I don't do any of that. Like, <laughs> what are my, where are my morals coming from? And I started reading this guy, watching this guy. And I was like, I like this guy. I like what he's about. He's like ridiculous, but he's cool. Also, I want to be like him. And as I started adopting that mindset, basically, you know, Toriyama was a comedy writer originally. He wrote Dr. Slump, which was like a gag book. And then he wrote Dragon Ball after that. And he didn't need to do well doing writing Dragon Ball. He was set for life. He was just like, I like martial arts. And I think that, um, you know, <clears throat> I think fighting is cool. And I'm going to make this story about fighting. And he was, he was good, dude. He was like, he made so much money off Dr. Slump. But this thing blew up because it was just, it was a passion project for him about this thing that he really liked doing. And at heart, Toriyama is a comedy writer. So when you watch Dragon Ball in Japanese with translated, or if you read the manga, you see how much humor is in it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really a comedy, even though it's really cool. Sometimes it's cool and funny. And that's kind of what I base all of this on. And also like, I don't like when people like, I don't like, I don't enjoy when people define other people without evidence. If somebody defines you because you're wearing a certain sweater in their head, I don't really like that. I think that's lame. And I don't, when people look at me, there are a lot of things they can slap on me as a brand in their head. Oh, he likes the Grateful Dead or he must like, you know, go to shows or something like that 
or he must be a wook or whatever it is, right? They can slap those things on me, but they're wrong. I'm actually a doctor. And I don't want, if, if I don't totally know who I am, I sure as hell don't want anybody else thinking they know who I am. So I am smoke screening the hell out of all of them with this pirate thing that I do, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a clown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I respect it. You know, I mean, we've been Thanks, talking man. for two hours or something. I mean, you you definitely yeah. seem to 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 know who you are and uh, what you want to do, and uh, you have you, you seem to have uh, you know maybe not figured everything out, but uh, you know you're you're getting there. And uh, yeah, I feel like I have some drive and direction. Than, uh, Thanks, man. You know, actually, yeah, I've, I've I respect really that. enjoyed so this if, conversation a lot. I, you're being authentic. You're being genuine. You're uh, you're, you're you do you, man. I have a really hard time not being myself. It's like the hardest thing. I, every school I ever went to, I had a rule made up in the dress code specifically for me. I've never attended a school without leaving a dress code rule in my wake. It's, it's like, I just can't help it, man. I, I, I have I, my dad once one time. My dad was like, he's like, dude, you are so full of yourself. And I was like, dad, at least I'm not full of anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best response you can get. Really. <laughs> yeah, witty stuff. Um, well, I actually I have a call I need to take at three. Yeah, o'clock. it's it's getting so late think, at my I think my we, side as well. We had a this is a pretty solid. Thank you so much, man. Dude, thank you so I much. I appreciate for, it. For, yeah, I, I, I would love to work more together in the future. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can. I think there's P. I think you and I are leaders in the areas that we're in, and I think we have the ability to bring people together together around things. And I really think that's how this game is going to get a positive trajectory. Would be cool, man. You know, there are there are a lot of people I know that look up to you and respect what you do a lot, and I think um, that comes with a level of. Uh, I don't want to call it responsibility, but, you know, opportunity. There's an opportunity with what you're doing to help this game grow in a direction that you feel is beneficial. And you're a smart dude. You're a doctor. You're wise. <laughs> you know things. And um, <clears throat> you understand how to take care of people. And that's an important thing in True. growing a community. True. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the thing I, I try to do when I enter the community is just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning things and uh, sure, I'm going to ask questions. But uh, when people ask questions that I know the answer of, I'm just going to answer them. I'm going to help them out. And, yeah. uh, and and turns out there's a ton of people with a ton of questions. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Ourselves included. <laughs> I actually developed uh, tendonitis on my on my uh, oh, man. Uh, my thumb uh, in last yeah, winter you, dude, because I was constantly just, typing answers. You I, just I hit stopped, the FaceTime button, right? I stopped typing <laughs> answers, man. I I just stopped, man. I'm recording my voice now. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Man. Yeah, it's easier. <laughs> You gotta rec voice record your notes right right thank you so much for your time man i appreciate Dude, thank it thank you thank you we'll, for, we'll uh, see each other again soon yeah absolutely thank you for listening to the passion over profits podcast please subscribe and stay tuned for more dbs collectors content interested in which guests we're having next week find out in the next episode of dragon balls
passion over profits. Yes, passion over profits.